Welcome back to One for Paul, the show where I, a non-pop culturist, get inducted into the ways of pop culture by my friends and occasionally nemeses. I'm not sure who I've got joining me today. Why don't you introduce yourself? Hey guys, I'm Mufi. I'm back again after the Fantastic Unicorn debacle. <laughs> the Fantastic Unicorn debacle. I like the word debacle. <laughs> it's a good word. It's a really good word. I appreciate it. I'm glad. I'm hoping the world does. So, you had me watch another movie. Yes, I did. <laughs> I'm so, sorry. <laughs> what's the movie? Uh, it's Breakfast Club, which is a, you know, it's, it's, it's a classic 80s movie. You say The Breakfast Club, almost everybody knows what you're talking about, even if for just the last scene. Yeah, it's that's beautiful. right. Welcome to Reckless Club, the story of a group of daredevils egging each other on to ever more dangerous and reckless stunts. But what happens when they reach maximum recklessness? That's that's my <laughs> pitch for the that's what we're watching, right? Yeah, that is that is exactly what we're watching. So, uh, why this movie? Because you this wasn't even on the list, I think, and you just went, wait, have you seen this? It was on the list. It was on the list. It was on the list. Okay. And then you went through the list and went, what? Yeah. I'm I'm still confused as to how you haven't, because it was one of those that's been on, not so much over Christmas, but it shows up randomly on like TV channels or it's on Netflix at the moment, because Netflix have gone full like 80s movie nostalgia <laughs> at the moment. Yeah. It's almost um, like somehow a lot of their catalog got taken off of the platform. Yeah. Isn't it? Just, just a little I bit. I wonder how that happened. Disney. Um, sorry, that's a nasty cough. That is um, a nasty cough. That's but don't you be talking about my boy, the Diz. <laughs> oh, no, I know, I love Disney. It's just, it is quite funny. We're close, so I can call Netflix him that. Are... Ah, you're, you're on the, you're on Disney basis. It, so is this a movie that you, like, so you, you think everyone should have seen this? Or is this a, no, Paul, how have you not seen this? Uh, it's more of a, I would have thought you would have seen it. Because it's very, for one, the whole cinematography of it is insanely good. Like it was, it was shot in sequence, so it, it, it's the sort of thing. There's a lot of kind of interesting background background facts that I thought you'd have quite enjoyed. Oh, I didn't know that. That's neat. It it's a bit. I, I was a bit shocked when I found out you hadn't because I'm like, but it's a classic and it's very. It's I weird. I fear you <laughs> haven't quite got rocked onto the uh, to the premise of this show and why it is a show but okay <laughs> this is true opening credits to the song don't you forget about me by that band who I... uh, simple minds that's right yeah uh, it's very stuck in my head now uh, it is i know there's like there's like five actors in this yeah starring the, the f- first and foremost the mighty duck himself emilio estevez yep. oh yeah the the fact is they've what I like is they did it in alphabetical order again. Yeah, they did Calling this in Last to... Unicorn, and they're doing yep. it here again. I, it certainly makes sense when there's a smaller cast, particularly because if yeah. there's six people in the film, you know, no one's going to fight for top billing of six people, right? No, but there's seven proper characters. I guess that's right. Yeah, they, I'd forgotten one. The... I notice uh, that the opening credits are made to be a little shaky as if poorly projected yeah which right? is quite clever. i mean i like it because it kind of pulls on the uh high school vaguely amateur type thing if well, that makes sense. even the locked off 
shots in this movie mm. are a little shaky, not by much, but like no. I watched this on Netflix, right? Yeah. If they wanted to, they could have stabilized or whatever. They don't. And frankly, I don't know much about the production of this movie, but they had some good actors in it. There was clearly some production yeah. value in it. So. It was quite early on in a few of their careers, honestly. So it could have just been. What could it have just been? This was they didn't have a good tripod. Maybe. I mean, I know uh, John Hughes, I believe Jonathan Hughes, who was the director, had plans for this, this whole movie anyway. Um. It was it's it's a weird, a weird one because it feels very eighties. Like that whole slightly shaky camera thing does feel. Well, like, I don't very know if on purpose is what I'm getting at. Yeah, I it might have been that one. I'm not sure on. Unfortunately, anyway, <laughs> it's it comes across in 2020 as charming. I hope yeah. it was deliberate because if it wasn't, then I'm like, oh, okay, well that's actually a little disappointing. Anyway, obligatory Bowie quote because 1984. Yes. And these Hell children yeah. that you spit on as they try to change their worlds are immune to your consultations. They're yeah. quite aware of what they're going through. Ironically, ch that ch quote... Ch changes! <laughs> Sorry, Ironically, that to. quote is, is just as good today as it was back then. Oh yeah, actually. Bowie's great. It's Bowie very, continues uh, to be very Bowie. Ah oh, man, I miss Bowie. He was, he was a fantastic human being in many many different ways yeah i know so i know of a couple of people who've worked with him and uh super perfectionist but also a lovely guy it's this is what i'm told. being a perfectionist i think his whole career was built on that in fact so yeah, yeah. good guy but the, the movie is not about it's just one quote no it's it's not about that it's it's the because you then have that and then it leads into the opening yeah by literally smashing the glass plane <laughs> the glass yeah. pane that they they'd filmed with the with the shoot, yeah, which is fantastic, and I loved that. I thought that was a great kind of it, it very sort of teen angst anger sort of personified in throwing things at things. Yeah, I, I remember that being might a just teenager. be my teenager. There was a lot of throwing things at other things. That might have just been my teenagers. <laughs> it might have just been you. Probably was just me. Fade in, kinda. It's not a fade in. We we've smash cut into. Yeah. Oh god, it's a smash cut. I just realized. <laughs> Literally a smash cut. God damn it. All right. Saturday, March 24th, 1984, Shermer High School, Shermer, Illinois, 60002 uh, 60062. That's the zip code. Yeah. Thank you, movie, for saving me the trouble of research. Thing is, that isn't actually a real place. It's all based it's all the universe where uh, I believe Ferris Bueller takes place as well. Oh wait, really? There's, there's. He's got a few movies that are based in this this universe, as it were. I guess you could say. When you say all he, based the director. Yes. Who's the director of this again? I didn't. Uh, it's Jonathan. I said it a little while ago, and my name, my my brain has completely. Uh, the breakfast. John. Cusack. No, though Romero? I think he was nearly cast in the movie. John Hughes. Oh, I'm disappointed. It wasn't John Romero. Oh god, that that would have made an entirely different movie. <laughs> I would have loved to see that. Oh wait, sorry, I'm thinking George Romero. Oh yeah, um, that's who and I'm that would have been a very Zombie different. Zombie yeah, Man. Zombie Man. yeah, that George would have Romero. been an amazing movie. Sorry, George. <laughs> At the same voiceover, person reads the beginning of a letter to Mister Bernard. Yes, who is the um... no Vernon? 
Oh, I heard Bernard at front. Anyway, Vernon. Uh, Vernon. I guess they have a Saturday detention. <sighs> and we get thing. some really well-framed <laughs> establishing shots, like someone carved, yeah. I'm eating my head into a piece of wood. And there's been yeah. a fire in someone's locker, uh, probably. Is... And the school paper has a wrestler on the front page. And also a story about a successful lecture series. And I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad they're focusing on academia as well as everything else you know not someone just, not just a distraction. Ha, someone has scratched i don't like mondays on what appears to be a bathroom wall which is a reference to a school shooter wait really yes um, oh shit also... i had a garfield joke and now i feel bad <laughs> <laughs> i'm not doing it now fuck no I'm we can't sorry. do that were there school shootings in the 80s yeah jesus um i don't like mondays meaning I, I was again earlier um it was about a shooting in 1979 in the Cleveland Elementary School. Oh, and no. there's there's a whole thing. That's Jeez. that is apparently what that is a reference to, which is a bit I, dark. I was going to go Garfield. <laughs> I'm much happier with a with a really bad joke cartoon cat, but that's okay. Yeah. So there are some sports Sorry. trophies on a shelf, <laughs> one dated 1973. So yep. it seems like the heyday of this school was a while ago. Probably because let's let's be honest, it doesn't look. Uh, it, looking at the rest of the movie, it does kind of feel a little bit like the school is a bit more run down than mm. you'd expect it to be. Well, the next shot definitely feels like that. There's a bunch of graffiti on again, presumably a bathroom stall wall. Uh, most prominently, poontangers and what <laughs> in all caps, <laughs> as well as yep. thumbs up facilities. Oh yeah, they they are. They've kind of captured that one. Like the sort of graphic graffiti you used to get on school stalls was uh, not intelligent. Let's put it that way. Then is it ever? I suppose not. No, I, I guess I never paid attention to all of it. I mean, I guess you don't. The, you know, as a man, you wouldn't because you don't have to sit in the stalls all the time. Well, I do sometimes, and no, when I, I do spend time there, it's like for a little while. Anyway. <laughs> So some, someone named someone named Senior Spirit has gone flying. Wait, no, it's a pep rally. My bad. Senior Spirit soars. <laughs> did you have pep rallies in the UK? No. Like, did you have Wait. school spirit? No, God. <laughs> like, did you have a welcome to what's the name of a school? What's the name of a school that we don't want to out? Um. Let's all be proud of no. Saint Munchard's. Yeah, it's that's not a thing we did. It's it's well, it's not let's a thing. Let's have a did. let's dress up a person as a furry and uh, and, and cheer not that. and get together and cheer and clap. Yeah, it's definitely that is definitely not something we did. Especially I enjoy who enjoys clapping. <laughs> no more clapping. No, the British do not clap. We don't. We're we're not a big clappy country. We we no. we, we tap our palms very gently. We golf clap. Is what we do. Uh, <laughs> Or we swear quite loudly. Yeah. It's one way or the other. You don't. Notable exception last night at the proms when everybody claps when they are instructed to clap and at no other time. Nope. You're not allowed to clap at any other point. It ruins the recording. More little shots here. A notebook filled with the word help over and over and a bunch of poorly drawn eyes crying and watering a garden and poorly drawn tears and a bunch of arrows and exclamation marks all over it. it, it it's uncomfortably cl- I, I'm in this picture and I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. 
It is quite uncomfortable, that one. I was like, oh, wow, they found my notebook before I, I was remember even born. being 16. I, re- I recently <laughs> discovered one of my 16-year-old notebooks. I opened it Ooh. up and just went, nope. No, I I don't recognize this person. Who even is that guy? Who even is that guy? I have successfully destroyed all memories from high school quite happily. They've all like textbooks and everything. I'm like, nah, that's that's not staying. (laughs) Viking funeral, eh? Yeah. (laughs) Fire. There's also a portrait of a man of the year 1969, a guy called Carl Reed. Carl, who, funnily enough, was nearly played by Rick Moranis. Really? Very nearly. They had to remove him. That would have also been good. Well, not apparently he's because he and um, Carl, as you you'll find out later in the movie, is janitor, and yeah. that was who Rick Moranis was going to play shortly after his uh, Ghostbusters fame finding, mm-hmm. and he wanted to put on a very heavy Russian accent, wear oh, fake gold no. teeth, and proper comedy it up like clowning oh, up no. in the movie. No, and thankfully, <laughs> good casting agent. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, thankfully. He was cast. They actually apparently filmed some of the scenes and then decided that they couldn't deal with it. So they <laughs> Yeah, good director then, because um, it, it takes a lot of... A good producer, frankly, because it takes a lot yeah. of guts to be like, okay, we just sank a lot of money into this actor and, and, let, and actually yeah. it's not working, let's not, right? And they yeah. were like, the draw, right? Like, he was in Ghostbusters. Look at the guy yeah. in Ghostbusters. It was it was a bit of a weird one, and I kind of I get sort of where he was coming from, but it's not. If you'd read the script or you've like having watched the movie, you're looking at it again. That would never, never have fitted. There's there's just no way that would have fitted with the whole theme of the movie anyway. Well, clearly they thought it would fit enough to put to start filming in the first place, but yeah, you know, as, as it turns out, I think the movie is stronger with the omission of a. Uh, token Russian accented gold toothed janitor man. Yeah. Which so, is, is all. <laughs> uh, there's a little five shot montage of the five permitted character classes of American yep. high school Dungeons and Dragons. That's uh, the brain, <laughs> the athlete, the basket case, the princess slash prom queen, and the criminal. Yep. Yeah, so uh, brain, uh, primary and primarily an intelligence caster. Indeed. Athlete, uh, you know, strength build. Maybe, maybe Dex. Maybe, yeah, maybe. yeah I'd, I'd say more Dex because Emilio Estevez is quite svelte. He's not really I built like I feel like, like he's expect. a grappler, though, so if I'm building a grappler, yeah. I'm putting a lot of points into strength. Maybe. I mean, wrestlers... So the, ba- the basket case, different. I don't even... Wild Mage? Uh, well, yeah, Wild you, Mage. No, you know what the basket case is? No. The basket case is the rogue who just does random shit because like hey yeah. i'm the rogue that's what i do the chaotic yuck, yuck. the the chaotic neutral rogue oh yeah the obligatory the chaotic fire. neutral person who thinks that what that means is they follow no rules which is not how it works this is no, just, that's, that's just chaotic that's not how it works that's just stupid princess yeah. prom queen i don't know what class that is but i don't i don't know and then the criminal God. also they've just got like three rogues yeah, they have three rogues and a bard. I, they I have three rogues, a bard, and like a dude who wrestles. Yep. Although, actually, I think the brainiac, the 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 the, the brain okay, would probably wizard. be more wizard. Okay, yeah. one wizard. Because intelligence, it's a high stat for for wizards. Either that or like college of lore bard, but not maybe. enough charisma. Maybe I don't know charisma caster. No, I, w- I wouldn't put him as, as college of lore because he's or at he's least not that's the way they saw each other at seven o'clock this morning. Yeah. They were brainwashed. It's horrible. I, I can't imagine Saturday detention. Like, and now, you can't do that. 
Yeah. I don't that like I don't know if I've ever heard of that, but I guess it must have been a thing in the 80s. It I think I know some people who did in the UK, but it definitely wasn't a thing in my school. Like logistically you have to get a teacher in on a Saturday. Yeah. I don't know too many want to do that. <laughs> I don't know too many teachers who would be cool with that given that they already do a shitload of work on their own time. I know a few. I live with one. I'm pretty sure he'd rather kill himself. Yeah. So now that the intro section is done, where we're introduced to our setting and theme, we jump straight yep. into another intro section where we meet our characters. Yep. So Which is fantastic. We got a slow pan up to the hood of a BMW where the princess trope is being dropped off by her father. That car also, funnily enough, director's car. Oh, neat. It didn't have, I'm thinking they didn't have the biggest budget. <laughs> I'm starting to get that. I'm starting to think that maybe the slight shakiness in the locked off shots is because they used a bad, they used a bad. Maybe. They just did a bad. There was a bad and it was bad. It ended up working, yeah. I think, but it, it does. It, they might've um, done a, they might've done a clerks, right? Clerks was not in black and white because it was, it was because it was cheaper. Yeah. It's and it ended up better for it, I think. I do think so. Um, anyway, Princess yeah. is in disbelief because uh, she can't believe her dad can't get her out of this. But her dad's like, no, nah, listen, you're not you're not defective. Skipping class to go shopping is fine. Don't worry about it. In fact, here's your lunch and I'll buy you all kinds of stuff when you're when you're back. It's fine. Don't worry about it. You know, that's the perfect way to tell your child not to, to do something wrong. <laughs> so, you know, that's uh, she is like the stereotypical spoiled little princess, which kind of learn more about later on but here you're just like oh it's a spoiled brat who's being told it's fine you do this detention we're not gonna get you in trouble at home and uh, have fun cut to another car where we are clearly rather miffed we are clearly rather miffed at at this son of hers that is actually his mother the actor's mother oh you're kidding really the the child the the sister and the mother are actually his parent his his mother and sister in the car that that was their only, as far as I can tell, that's their only acting credits. That's kind of, I kind of love people <laughs> who have one bit part on their IMDb yeah. page. Because it they're makes like, me happy. it's cool stories, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, if I was offered to do that, I'd be like, yeah, no, fuck it, I'm down for it, let's do this. Uh, Just I guess it's one of those detentions, though, where they're not supposed to do any work, which seems a bit weird. Yeah, they're not meant to do homework. Which I always found odd, because I was always made to do homework in, in my detentions. Yeah, I think that was the way I was told to. I, I guess the idea was we're punishing you so you don't even get to use your time productively, question mark? I, I don't seems... know. Americans confuse me. Yeah, Americans confuse me as well. Don't worry, I'm, I'm always confused by them. So, yeah. uh, fun <laughs> detail, though. The license plate of this car, did you notice what it says? Yes, and now it's flicked out my brain. Illinois EMC2. Equals MC squared. Yeah, uh, just one. I I get it. I like it. Uh, Just once, I'd like to see some other equation used as the shorthand for nerd, right? Or like, this person is smart. Check it out. They have a basic understanding of this physics thing. Which is, it's it's just, or, um, what was it, string theory being brought in, or the Higgs boson? No, we know things. Higgs boson, great, cool. And not a single person will say things like e to the power of i pi plus one equals zero. Right? Nobody. 
it's, it's a little bit lazy writing on the writer's part, I feel, for that whole, that, that trope It's like to be shorthand for, look, a smart person, you now understand this. Okay, next thing. Which I get visual shorthand, and I get the audience not yeah. quite understanding, like, oh, this is not a physics nerd, it's a math nerd, so therefore, like, fine. But just a couple of times, could we not have, like, some other equation? Yeah. Just anything else. So the next car, unmistakably the athlete, it's even a truck. Oh god! Just yeah, look at his Letterman jacket. It, there's no way you can mistake this guy for a jock. There's it, there, there's literally no way you can mistake this guy for being anything other than the jock in the situation. Yeah, and, and his disturbing. dad is a bit of a piece of work. It looks like. Yeah, and that's again, that's a that seems to be a bit of a trope in movies where you have like you know, well well performing wrestlers who get detention or anything like that, and they're just like, you can't do this. It's going to ruin your free ride, and it's like, fuck off. <laughs> All you care about. So the, so the criminal enters, steals a pack uh, of post-it notes, I guess, and then gestures brusquely at Brains there to move seats, despite the fact that there are plenty of seats. He then puts oh. his feet onto one of them. He likes his specific seat. He obviously spends a lot of time in this detention, because, you know, he is the, the criminal. What else would he be doing on a Saturday, apart from drinking and smoking? Yeah. I assume. <laughs> Finally, we're introduced to the principal who comes in and announces, well, well, which makes me immediately dislike him. The the principal who, to me, looks very much like uh, Vince McMahon from, is it Vince McMahon from WWE? From wrestling? Yeah, from the wrestling. Yeah, so that's definitely <laughs> Vince McVaughn. Yes. Vince, McM Vince McMahon? V Vince McMahon? I think it was That's Vince him, McMahon. yeah, Vince McMahon. Yeah. It's, it, he does remind me very much of Vince McMahon. And Vince cause... did layeth down the law. They have eight hours to think about what they've done. They may not talk. They may not move from their seats. They may not sleep. Well, criminal may not sleep, to be specific. The rest of them, he wasn't real specific on that. No. And yeah, it's, uh, it's... each must write an essay of no less than a thousand words describing to him who they think they are. I gave some thought to how I might write such an essay, and it would just be smarmy. Yeah. I don't know a way to write that essay without being either super egotistical or super smarmy. There is no way to write that essay without being either of those things. It's, it seems like a very weird thing to ask a child to... Well, not a child, you know what I mean? A teenager. Not a teenager. Because, for one, like, who are you? I'm, I'm a teenager. My entire id and personality is just fluctuating at great speeds. Anyway. <laughs> and secondly... What do you mean, who am I? I am I am this person, I am this old, I have this colour hair. Like, it's a very weird question to ask a group of teenagers to write. In grade six, so, like, uh, we're talking 11, 12? So, year seven for me. Year seven, yeah. Yeah. Uh, in grade six, I had an assignment where every month in my English class, I had to write a chapter of my autobiography. Wow. You know what had happened to me until that point? I lived in Montreal for a while, then had left Montreal, and now I lived in London and was in this class. Wow. <laughs> like, not so that, so I that, didn't know just... what to do. I At age 12, I'd never read an autobiography. It okay. had to be explained to me what an autobiography was. And let's also be clear, I had had exactly one year of education in English. <laughs> <laughs> in, like, the language English, not in English class, and, like, all yeah. of my education prior to fifth grade was in French. 
So that was quite difficult. And I had flashbacks in this movie to moments like that in my life, which I had had to sit down. I was already sitting down, but I'm glad I was. You had to sit down further. Oh my Uh, God, I really did. (laughs) That's it. See, that's the thing. That terrifies me. That idea and giving it to a kid is just... Give it to me now, and I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. Fucking... Ghost write it for me, and I'll sign off on it. Fuck off, right? <laughs> I'll do that, but it's going to be full of dragons. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, my only instruction to my ghostwriter will be at least seven dragons. Go. Yeah, like, it's And watch it's a the very poor weird. kids squirm. But they're getting paid, so that's fine. Yeah, these guys aren't. These, these guys are stuck in a school library on a Saturday. I am disappointed that we never find out whether Barry Manilow knows the principal raids his wardrobe. I'm really hoping he does. I'm hoping there's some sort of really sort of sweet relationship going on between the principal and, and Barry Manilow, who's just like, yeah, no, no, it's fine. You, you steal that. That's fine. I've worn it like twice. I'm never going to wear it again. And just uh, Bender seems to have the inside track on it. Maybe he'll tell us next Saturday. Maybe. We'd have to get back. Not sure I could deal with another Saturday. <laughs> oh no, he messed with the bull. Oh, that is that and phrase. Now, he'll get the horns. Uh, that phrase is one of my biggest pet peeves. I hate that phrase. If you are a Texas Longhorns fan, okay, I get it. Great. Is- if you are a principal speaking to the children to the young people in your charge i think maybe that's a bit of a a scumbag thing to do frankly but okay it's it's a bit aggressive really i only ever hear that phrase like from large angry men not from a teacher so for a little while after dude leaves well actually does he flash the horns at this point? Does he actually throw the horns? I think he yes, throws he the did. horns later. He didn't throw the horns. I, I know he does the knuckles to the temple thing. Oh, he does that. That's also a thing that douchebags do. Oh, yeah. that That's a big douchebag. <laughs> so for and a little while, terrifying. no one really taught. Sorry, yeah? That's just terrifying that douchebags do that. It's like, eh. So for a little while, no one really talks, but their various nail bitings, pen clickings... Uh, throwing balled up bits of paper about singing sunshine of your love loudly and air guitaring to themselves and other bored slash nervous ticks start to get on each other's nerves more than half that list is bender though yeah also don't forget he uh he lights his shoe on fire and then lights a cigarette from his shoe oh that's not yet isn't it no 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 No, uh, first he has a question about the rules if he's supposed to sit down in that seat for eight hours, what happens if he has to go to the bathroom? It was a question I had when the movie started, well, like, the first time I watched this. I was like, what are they going to do if they need to go to the toilet? Cause I mean, presumably go to the toilet, but, you know. You'd hope. You really would. But you never know with these movies. Q Threats of Violence by Emilio Joxtevez. <laughs> he's cute when he's angry, though, don't you think? He is adorable when he's angry. It's 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 very cute. It's it's he's just kind of despite the fact that I think he was like twenty four or twenty five in this film. Oh, they're all like thirty. No, um Molly Ringwald, the the princess and the brain is at are both actually sixteen, seventeen. In oh this actually. Movie. Okay, because they, they look around members. right. And then <laughs> Yeah. Jockstevez <laughs> is like an old dude playing a young dude. And uh Bender 
How old is Bender? Uh, he he's looks 24. like 30. Yeah, well, that's he looks 24, right? <laughs> like, the, the, the whole cast was very... Um, like, who let this grown man into the high school? Yeah. To start to start making, like, very rapey threats. Oh, he was 25, sorry. Well, do they? Uh, yeah, it's yeah. similar. Everyone but yeah, uh, so Bender continues being an asshole because he starts saying, hey, how, hey, Poindexter, how about you and I uh, get the cheerleader pregnant? Yep. So that's creepy. That's a li- that's just a little rapey, isn't it? <laughs> just a little bit. There's there's a whole the the on the whole rapey thing. There is a bit where um oh god, Claire we'll, and we'll get there. Yeah, well, it's we'll not actually there. in the movie. It oh wait, cut. it's not in the movie. No, it got cut. Oh, then I don't know it. On the rapey front. Oh god, can we get away from the rapey front as quickly as possible? That's why I'm doing it. Um, okay. There was a bit. There's a bit later in the movie so when they go running around, but they find the PE teacher, the female PE teacher, showering in the showers. Apparently, oh, this no. was meant to be in the movie. There was meant to be gratuitous titty shots because it was the '80s and titty shots. That sold movies. Yeah, and um, Claire and I can't remember her name. My brain just keeps flipping off of it um ali sheedy both turned around and went that's not right we don't want that in the movie and that made it one of the only movies in the 80s that didn't have a gratuitous titty shot huh. believe it or not no i didn't know that that's cool. it has other shots but <laughs> definitely doesn't have the gratuitous oh we'll get to those in. oh yeah so weirdly it, bender's performance here kind of reminds me in a way of mike myers like austin powers mike myers a little bit it's it's weird he's do you slip her the hot beef injection Oof. i mean that's right. it's very line. dr evil in a way isn't it it's like more he, sinister because like the dude is an asshole who just threatened to impregnate this girl out of nowhere yeah and it, 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 it's also slightly more creepy when you realize that she's 16 and he's 24 for me that that made it even creepier. i mean not in the movie so <laughs> not I mean, in I'm the okay. movie so, like actors are actors i get it it's yeah. just that i didn't quite believe bender as a 16 year old no, I never believed him as a teenager. Because cause... he just looks 24, like someone yeah. let this grown man into the high school. The only explanation could be possibly is that he's been held back a few years because a lot of years. Yeah, like six years. <laughs> it happens, I think, maybe? I, I don't no, know. Mm, no, at that point you get a GED. Okay, fair enough. No, you, you can be held back a year or two, and then after that they're like, okay, look. <laughs> <laughs> this, so. this is too much, mate. Um, yeah, he does. He always looked very, very much older in this movie, and it always slightly bothered me. Can't lie. So they start uh, they start yelling at Bender to shut the hell up, and uh, this alerts Principal Vernon. But he yeah. yells at him across the thing, and he goes, okay, well, uh, and they all shut up a bit. So Bender's plan is clearly something needs to be done with this door. Yes. So he waits for uh, Fantastic Principal Vernon, or the leader of WWE, to go off and get some water. And this is exactly where I realized that 90% of this movie's film, this this film's tone, feel, look, and character development is done with glances, looks, visual yeah. cues, body language. And this is difficult to do on a one for Paul. Yeah, it is a bit... <laughs> A scene by scene of like, and then he looked at her and sort of raised his eyebrow a bit. I'm like, okay, so unless we really want to get into it shot for shot, and that's going to be boring, it's oof. It's going to be tricky. It's it's probably going to be a lot of skimming. So we'll still try to do whatever, but like, uh, uh, there are six story beats. 
Yeah. Like I made a little beat sheet to figure out like what are the plot events that occur. And there's like six plot events. So this is either a very short episode or very, very, very long episode. And uh, spoiler alert, I have 15 pages of notes. (laughs) Yeah, this is where we're at. on page four. We're 45 minutes in. (laughs) Oh my God. Oh my God. So we'll try to motor a a little bit here. But I I just needed to say that this is... So little happens, yet yeah. so much happens. It's it is one of those very weird movies because you can watch it. It's only ninety minutes runtime, and it still has. I, I was watching it last night and again today, just so I kind of remembered what I was talking about. Um, and I remember looking at it going, "Okay, it's got to be like halfway done. Twenty minutes? What? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> There's right, no way yeah. this is halfway. Th- what? It's it was, somehow." Oh. Somehow it doesn't overstay its welcome. It's very strange. It is. I think it's because despite the fact that like, no matter where in the world you are, the school library and that subset of people, like those, those stereotypes, you've had those people in your life. You've, you've known those people. It's a kind of a semi-natural sort of feeling. I mean, I get that in a way, but sh- uh, well, we'll get to thematically yeah. what happens with that, but in my experience, I mean, I went to a weird high school, right? I, mm. I describe, uh, looking back, I've described it as like a really good office. Like I show up, I do my work, I hand it to the boss and I go home. Right. Fair and enough. there's a bunch of people to talk to around the water cooler. Like that was my experience of high school for the most part. Yeah. And you know, all of the clicks and stuff, I guess they happened, but I was sort of there going like, okay, I have chosen like three friends and mm. everyone else is like, fine, and I'm gonna, it's fine. <laughs> so. Everyone else is peripheral. I'm gonna do my own thing. Everyone else, I don't, don't get me into your drama. I don't need it. I'm, I'm ahead. No, I don't want to go smoke in the woods with you. Thanks. Right. Nobody needs the, I, I, I had, maybe I was weird. Maybe I was just like done with everything by that point. Nah. God, I was 17 and done with everything. <laughs> we was all get I a done bender? I fear I was a bender. I hope I wasn't quite so awful as he is. Hopefully not, but you never know. I mean, you look back so, in your teenage years with jaded glasses, don't you? So I try not to as much as possible. But as Bender yeah. continues to press everyone's buttons, Jocilio Estesports tells him, uh, you know, Bender, you don't even count. You know, if you disappeared forever, it wouldn't make any difference. You may as well not even exist at this school. Which is dark. <laughs> like, well, it's... Uh... If, you know, if against the guy true. who's trying to press buttons, that's a good sort of like, eh, yeah. fuck you. I guess. It just kind of comes across as rather dark to me. I think both of them are assholes at this point. Yeah. And they're just but, being at, it just, just pull, just whip him out already. <laughs> see who's is bigger and shit, just sit the fuck down. Okay. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Fellas. I mean, it, to be honest, like the, the problem with that is, is they're playing again, the very jock stereotype of he doesn't care. Like if it's not in his immediate bubble and what's the word orbit you know you expect a jock not to care suppose so uh also bender generally thinks that activity clubs are lame yeah he also seems to think that those quote unquote activity people are assholes oh yeah totally because... i'm in the math club i like brian he's in the math club and yeah the physical club too those are like social oh, and clubs the right history club uh, I didn't catch that line, but maybe he is. I think he was in the Hitched History Club. Club. Oh. Yeah. Princess seems to think, well, those are academic clubs, so therefore that's different. But no, I 
but because it's lame and that because it's full of dorks. Well, that's yeah. what he thinks too. He's got a point, but yeah. he like nobody asked his opinion. No, not really. But he gave it anyway. Yeah, because... that's sort of his thing. And then you you soon after that discover because because the princess is like, well, that's not a social club. It's an academic club. I don't know. There's there's a difference there, don't I they? guess. And then, but I think Bender is like a good asshole lawyer trope in a way. Yeah. Bender is such an ass, right? Because he he'll just say shit and everybody looks at him like, okay, fine. You're telling the truth. I get that. But why are you talking? <laughs> why are you saying anything at this yeah. juncture? Tact, it's, it's weird. my friend. Tact. He doesn't have any though. And it, it does almost feel kind of like he's, he's doing the uh, outspoken truth telling thing just to kind of get people to pay attention to him. Yeah, a little bit. Which is yeah, makes sense. Um but you do then get from you know, after that the the bit with the whole social club thing, you do get a very interesting piece of information from um from the brain, whose his whole thing is, Well my mum doesn't like me wearing se- uh, wearing other people's shoes. Why? Yeah, I guess uh I don't know. It's <laughs> like her da- his dad's shoes or something. But she doesn't like him wearing other people's shoes, but why? But for me that was it was I, I know it's a weird thing to pick on, but my brain's just like, that's a piece of very useless information to put in. I think sports. I picked up on it vaguely, too. I didn't put it in my notes. But yeah, you're right. It's a sort of weird thing to whatever. Another weird thing is hearing the word yeah. used as an insult. And like, okay, I know it's 1984. Yeah. But 2020 me is also going. Wow. Uh, all right. That's super not cool. It's it's really not cool. That's super not cool. I didn't. I I might even bleep it in the fucking recording. I'm uncomfortable having said it. Yeah, I try not but to like, say it. But at, at 1984, okay. So like in context of the movie, they are yeah. the writers are characterizing Sportsilio Estefuck as just like an angry sportsman. And Got it. it. Fine. Works he it. is an angry sportsman who yells swear words at people, and this is among the swear words in the in his vocabulary. in the quiver in, of the of the nineteen eighties bully, I guess. So, yeah. all right, fine, get it. Don't like him, but mm. twenty twenty yeah. viewing, I mm, yeah, they, that made me extra angry at him. I mean, this is what thirty six years, thirty six <sighs> years after so. this film came out. So, like, it's in a way, it's not fair to judge it on this, and I get it, but I'm also like, ugh, I had written. I mean, that I, word was I still... am where I am in history, and I'm viewing the thing where I'm viewing it from, and I, I really bothered me to have that yeah. word in media of any kind, but I, I get it. I just, it made me uncomfortable. Also, as a grappler myself, I look at, like, I know it looks homoerotic, but grow the fuck up. Yeah. Right? It really does. And it's, it's, I think it's just because you're not used to seeing two men wrestling. Like you, you are, but only in that sense, or in the 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 homosexual sense, not in the just. Friendly... I'm like, I'm trying to tear your leg out of its socket. Sense. Yeah. yeah, it's it's weird. But also, like, I guess the characters are supposed to be like sixteen, seventeen. So in that sense, telling them to grow up is very. I think I'm feeling the right thing toward these characters. Yeah, I think you're meant to. I think, but. You also realise that because they're meant to be sixteen and seventeen, they have a good scope for growth. So it's it's a tricky one. Uh, a lot of this is no. like it hasn't aged well. I think is what I'm getting at. Yeah. Bender 
decides to mess with the door separating Vernon's office and the library. What for keeping the the sound out, I guess, because they can then make whatever noise they want and he won't be able to hear it. That doesn't seem to work later on in the movie. The so. principal dislikes this and di- decides to solve the problem with yelling. Which works. I've always found that yelling at doors that have broken always fixes them. Yeah, and then yelling at the people who you've asked to help you, also quite effective. Oh yeah, totally. And then doing something hilariously that would completely make it unsafe for the children Let's to actually be in there. Let's just block off this, uh, this fire exit. Yeah, let's totally do that. It's it's just one of the funniest moments. You kind of look at it again, you're blocking an exit. One thing well I'm going to give them credit for is you, they got how high school felt because despite the fact that a bunch of these guys don't like each other at all Mm. when the principal is involved no one outs anyone because the enemy of my enemy is my friend yep it's it is very funny that you kind of see that you just have them arguing you have it goes from that very clear bickering having a go each other and really hating each other to oh you're here you're a teacher nah fuck you like, it, it swaps between both sides very, very sharply. And it's it's a beautiful transition. I like it. I also quite like Quiet Girl at the back, who continues to be super adorable by squeaking yeah. and then slamming her head into the desk. Yeah. She really reminds me of me in high school there. She is so <laughs> anime. <laughs> she she is so anime. Tell me she's not anime. She is very anime. She's very sort of bouncy uh, i mean she's obviously meant to be kind of slightly bouncy high schooly giggly thing but in the crazy way it just it made it's adorable <laughs> i'm just waiting for somebody to call her allison chan oh uh, allison chan you can't bite your fingers like that <laughs> that's how anime sounds right uh, like all of it kind of i'm uh, just imagining the breakfast club but reimagined as a as a an anime and oh it's god a very... if someone's made that please please send it to me on twitter at one for paul we need it <laughs> that's the word I for need... not the number four one for paul on twitter at, I need please this. my god send it to me if this is a thing that exists it, if it does exist i need it i need to see it because oh my god our fans um, will deliver right guys right Someone's going to go to extraordinary effort to make the thing that we just thought up on a whim because they're going to spend 40 hours and then send it to us for fun, right? That's what they're going to do? Guys? Oh my god. Okay, so apparently there isn't one. There isn't an actually anime adaptation. But there is an anime style. There's an anime like it. (laughs) By the power of Greyskull, go. (laughs) Please give us this. I have summoned you. Do it. Please give us the anime. Yesterday you said today. Do it! (laughs) If this happens, I'm going to be so impressed. Oh man, internet fans, they're the best kind of fans. (laughs) Now it's time to play Count the Saturdays. This one, obviously, uh, and earlier Vernon mentioned next Saturday, and now there's a further Saturday, and I kind of lose track after a while. Fortunately, Brain is keeping track, because in this whole interaction between Bender and the principal, the principal just keeps adding yep. saturdays for the for the crime of being there breathing existing <laughs> and again this is where i get the sort of you remember being 16 and just so angry that you yeah. could barely talk yeah 
you just everything I'm very glad I don't feel angry like that anymore but yeah. I definitely remember it being like huh, no <laughs> oh I hey! have those moments hmm? I have those moments oh it still happens from time to time but oh yeah not like, as often dude at 16 I think we were all angry like we were all angry in that way because there were no tater tots at the cafeteria I took away my turkey twizzlers Oh my god, turkey twizzlers, don't even... I need me a turkey twizzler. I know. But you can make them out of turkey sausages. Oh my god. I know. This changes everything. <laughs> Cute, really unhealthy diet, it's just turkey twizzlers. But yeah, this is where Vernon throws the horns and then there's the bull. I'm the bull. Look at me, I'm the bull. The bull. The bull. I'm gonna throw... As I'm offended as a metalhead. Yeah. Because don't don't you throw the horns? That's not that's not what that's not what the horns are for, man. This whole interaction literally made me that kind of sixteen year old angry, like the ah, yeah. ah, I'm going to my room. Yeah, just slamming doors all the way up. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, even and not like, your own one. They're my doors. Why would I do that? It's it's weird. It's 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 a very weird one. It does create a very kind of angry instinctual rage in you. For no reason other than... Oh my god, I hate this man so much. But it's written... It's Clearly that bit is written so well, though. Because... It is, and it's acted well. It really is. This 24-year-old like, like, remembers very fucking clearly that exact feeling and is able yeah. to channel it. I don't know who this actor is, but I hope I can see more stuff he's in. Uh, sound designer moment, yeah. uh, because that's sort of my job sometimes, yeah. is uh, as the principal leaves... There's like a reverse delay into fuck you with some like fuzzy guitar yeah. metal stuff. And uh, as like an exit sting. I kind of want to sample that and put it into something because it sounds fucking dope. There are some very interesting audio sound, audio sample bits in this, in the whole movie. Like some very kind of juxtaposition-y sound bits, like obviously the breaking glass and, and that fuck you and some other bits later on. That are just the sound design is pretty damn good it's actually pretty understated most of the time a lot like of it, it is just the foley and a little bit of adr here and there yeah. i'm going to guess that 80 percent, 90 percent of everything that was recorded on set was used because there's no sync issues at all right no, except I for like think... one place but it's fine it's 1980s it's literally a piece yeah. of tape that they're running at high speed across a magnet right yeah that's the thing they, they don't got no daw and they were also doing this film was filmed in order. So as as you see it, so from the start to the finish, they filmed it in order of how the scenes are. That is unusual. It is. They also practiced it like a play. Like the rehearsals. That would explain a lot of why the flow is so consistent yeah. then. Okay, cause because like, the, jumping around is sort of the one of the skills that separates, I think, a stage actor from a screen actor. Yeah. Because stage actors find it very difficult to do disjointed timelines sometimes because. Well, yeah, because it, it can be like that. It's confusing. It would confuse. It would confuse me. I mean, I'm not an actor, so moot point there. But it, it would confuse anybody to kind of go, "Oh, yeah, we're filming this scene," and then the next scene is like, "Yeah, it's five years after that scene was filmed." What? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, a lot of reason that's done is for location stuff, because if yeah. you have six locations and you're going to film uh, 14 scenes in, or yeah, 14 scenes, Jesus, but like two scenes in one location and one of them is five years later as a flashback, you don't need to get the same location on two days. No. You get it on one day and film both scenes, right? Yeah, I mean, everything, also, this entire movie was filmed, well, this scene, anyway, that the library because it was all filmed in the library, I think they filmed on possibly two locations, but primarily they all filmed in one uh, abandoned, not abandoned, derelict, unused school. Basically, sure. so that's so how they had it. I, w I don't have it in my notes, but I can count the locations. One of them is the school library. Yep. One of them is Vernon's office. Yep. One of them is the basement. Yep. Uh, one of them is the various hallways, which could be one location. It could be a couple of locations. I imagine if they had a school, they would just find a couple of good stairwells. Yeah, and, and rather uh, than doing whatever. it any other way. Uh, they've got outside the school, which could be a different location to inside the school. British, if I remember rightly, it is the same. And then they've got the football field. Yeah. So seven locations I'm counting. So I'm like, I, I can't um, count. Somebody from, correct me. I wasn't counting. I was right. assuming you were sorry, uh, but, no, but it's all on the same campus essentially, so it's it's much easier to do. Oh yeah, yeah, sure. I I just mean to say, if it weren't, you could, for example, put Vernon's office on a sound on a sound stage sixteen yeah. months later, right? It it would but have been perfect. The fact that they did not do that is impressive. It shows dedication. It does. It also shows that they are doing. This is what makes me wonder whether it was a bit of resource filmmaking. Like, was this super low budget? And they were like, okay, well, we can only afford one location for three days. So let's mm. make a film on one location in three days and spend all our time in the editing booth. Well, they couldn't right? afford Nicolas Cage. Nobody can afford Nicolas Cage. But even at like Not even Nicolas Cage can afford Nicolas Cage. Uh, they couldn't afford Nicolas Cage. They wanted as Judd. Uh, not as Judd. Um, Bender in the first place because he was to his... his Charge was too high. So I suspect it may have been a bit of column A and a little bit of column B. Just make it easier. Are you telling me that we could have gotten <laughs> we could have gotten yeah. a Nicolas Cage freakout Bingo. in Breakfast Club? Yep. And we also nearly had John Cusack playing the same role. You don't see how wide I'm smiling right now. <laughs> it would have been but perfect. I think it I think it would have worked out badly, but I would have liked it. I love, don't get me wrong, I love Nicolas Cage, but I do think sometimes he goes a little bit over the top for the characters and the movie. So it could have been a... Let's be clear. That's why I love Nicolas Cage. Oh, yeah. But it's still... If like... I need someone to chew the scenery until there is no scenery left. So uh, there's a scene coming up. Uh, um, they're starting to do a, a trend thing here that I'm going to use as a shortcut to get ourselves through because we're about an hour in here. Uh, the, the trend is... Checking in with the crew, where we just get a little segment of each of them doing something. Yeah. So, after this uh, intense confrontation with arbitrary and capricious authority, Bender is lighting his shoe on fire and using that fire to light a cigarette. He then proceeds to play air guitar to a song he's thinking about. Preppy Girl is daydreaming, maybe about something enticing? Maybe about something sexy? It's a facial expression performance here, and the suggestion is just enough to, and just vague enough, but just accurate. It's fucking brilliant as well. She it is fantastic. Her performance is overall amazing. And they have, this is with the, uh, the head scratching with the 
the snow, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because Mathalete has peed himself because I guess he interpreted the rules literally and was like, well, I have to stay I, in this chair. See, I don't take that as him peeing himself. No? I take that as he's covering up, covering up an uncomfortable boner because it looks like he's staring at the jock. He's, look, he's staring at Emilio Estevez. Oh, that's how I took it. I might be Yeah, wrong. okay, actually yours makes more sense because he doesn't just, like, covers it with a hat. Yeah, and he's like, oh god, and kind of looks down and you kind of see him going a little bit red-faced. Like, it's a bit... I, th- I think it might be mean, meant to be open to interpretation, or... You know what, you're probably right. I just, what, I was looking for a callback and I found one where there wasn't any. I think you're right. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. I'm okay being wrong if I'm more right afterwards. It's. I mean, it works, and because the I think it pulls from the line of the word that we didn't like earlier. I guess so. Yeah, but that's never explained anywhere else. Uh, Emilio Estadouche is uh, occupying himself with his hoodie's drawstring yep. and flinging paper triangles, pretending he's at the big game. Which is weird because he's not even a sports ball player. <laughs> he is a wrestler. I guess he might also play the sports ball, but mostly he just sports other people. Yeah. Until they go to sleep. He sports peoples. Yeah. That sounds wrong. And uh, Quiet Girl is tr- tying a thread around her finger until the circulation is cut off. Okay, we've all done that. <sighs> we have that last one all done really it. reminded me of why I don't miss being a teenager. Yeah. Do you remember being so bored that you'd cut <laughs> off circulation to your own limbs to pass the time? I know. But we all did it. It's it's a literal thing everyone has done. If you're a one person who hasn't done it, then we would like to hear from you yeah. because you must think everyone else is nuts. <laughs> and you're right is the thing. You are absolutely right. <laughs> it's just so weird that it's one of those things you're like, we've all done that. Like, there's certain things that everyone has done. And we just don't talk about it, but we've all done it. (laughs) So it turns out Quiet Girl is this amazing artist. Yeah. Like, really seriously impressive, like, etching-style line drawing, and the idea of using dandruff as, like, a snow layer is, like, someone alert the Tate. So avant-garde. It's, you know, I don't even think it's that avant-garde, but I like the cool idea, and I like how pleased she seems with her idea. She's like, oh, yeah, it does look like snow. Neat. I mean, it's not actually even dandruff. It's Parmesan cheese. She shakes her hair about. (laughs) And Parmesan cheese comes out of it. What? It was used... For the, for the special effect, which is a phrase I never thought I'd be able to say. Oh, God, sorry. I thought, like, in-universe it was supposed no, to no. be, like, and I was like, she's even weirder than I thought. No, 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 wonderful. no, not in-universe, like, in actual production process. It's, like, the SFX, which is a weird thing to say about a movie that has so little SFX. Now everyone just sort of nods off, because of course they do. Oh, yeah. That's, Again, that's... like, they're, they're catching so many of the exact details of being a teenager, not in the movie sense of like, hey, it's the big game. I have an amazing thing I have to do. They're capturing the sort of, yeah, I, I nodded off in study hall. Yeah, sorry. And then was late for class. Sorry. Because you keep waking up a teenager whose body clock says to wait, to go to sleep at three in the morning and wake up at, at 10. You yeah. keep waking me up at six in the fucking morning. It's not a good, I, I, high school was not a good time for me when it came to sleep. <laughs> My maths teacher did not appreciate me falling asleep in her class. Um, yes, they all fall asleep. Teacher comes in. Uh, not teacher. 
Vince McMahon comes in. <coughs> and, and delivers the people's elbow. <laughs> yeah. And asks if anybody needs the toilet. So either people in this in this lovely library are answering things in their sleep, or they weren't all asleep, because everyone's hand. Quick cut to a new scene where Mathlete is sharpening a pencil. Teen Girl Squad appears to be actually doing some work. Yeah. Jockstrap McDushin Face is stretching his hamstring badly, and yeah. a criminal mastermind there is destroying a book for some reason. Yeah, and I, I, that that hurts me. I, I hate the idea of a book being damaged in any way, shape, or form. Just yeah, it's a mole, which cheerleader corrects to say Moliere. Which Moliere. both mispronounce it. It's Moliere, but I don't blame them. It's a name in a language they don't speak. That's yeah. okay. And, um, you know, she was just trying to sound smart. But also, I guess she's like mostly amused by Bender now. Which is weird, because it's gone from creepy, rapey comments to, oh, you're kind of funny. Uh, I don't see how that translated, but. I mean, I guess we're using logical brain and not teenage brain. Yeah. And teenage brain would be like, that was 10 minutes ago. It's ancient history. <laughs> yeah. What happened 10 minutes ago? It doesn't matter. It's not important now. All that matters is uh, what's happening now. Which, uh... Yeah. It's a party tonight. Cheerleader might not go because dealing with their parents' inconsistent parenting is a total drag. Yeah. And right on cue, Bender inserts himself into shit that's none of his fucking business and seriously, fuck this guy. Oh, God, man. He, he's one of the simultaneously most semi-lovable characters in the movie, but also one of the biggest assholes. Oh, I never get to like this asshole. I do, but I like assholes. So <laughs> take that whichever way you want. I'm, I don't care anymore. <laughs> That's okay. I took it in both of those ways. <laughs> they have so releases. cheerleader is mostly amused by a dude here, and criminal boy just wants to be honest, which means yelling his opinion at people as if it's objective truth. What's your name, Claire? It's a bit of old lady name. Claire? That's a fat girl's name. Yep. <sighs> Body shaming. Yeah, it's perfect, that. he proceeds to get far too personal and like starts graphically describing some theoretical sexy time. Yeah, and that just that again creepy. <laughs> now that's what I was going to ask you because male perspective, I'm like, I don't know what she's interpreting right now, but like facial expression on her is like weirdly charmed, I guess. But like you charm a snake, charmed like yeah. can't look away but really wants to leave. It it for me it's very much uh, watching a train wreck. You know you really shouldn't be wanting to pay attention to this, but just okay because it's well acted. I mean, it's well yeah. delivered. So there's that the the way that it's performed is compelling. But it like just woman woman perspective. I I don't have that. So is this at all like oh actually this dude's kind of hot? Is there any of no. that in this? God no, because it's you have conversations with someone if if someone said that to me in the pub i'd be like you are a creep just fuck off i'm not even really interested but i was high school i'd have probably gone uh-huh cool i'm going over there bye-bye yeah it, it's well because it's claire seems not to do that she seems stuck halfway between okay that's i'm gonna go over there now later yeah and Okay, actually, you're quite pretty, though. Yeah. Uh, mm, not sure. And I don't understand that. I've never understood. I know some girls who are proper get into the 
creepy guy thing. I've just never understood it. All right. Anyway. It's not right. <laughs> so uh, Jockenheimer Schmidt doesn't like this. So uh, he continues to threaten Bender. Because that works. Like, I guess like the, when uh, when nothing else has been tried yet, violence. Yeah, because violence always works. Predictably enough, the wrestler dominates the fight. Though, uh, frankly, I'm not sure why he'd give up position like that once he hits the floor, because he just sort of slides off the dude's back. Yeah. I'm like, just let the guy struggle and whatnot. All right. Or just choke him out. I don't know. But I guess this was the 80s and no one knew what fighting was. I suppose it may have just been more of a show of dominance of, yeah, I can do this. For what it was, I was like, all right, so theoretically could work. It's not one of those like Star Trek style two-fisted punch things. Yeah, it, it's it's. Like, let me just hold both of my hands together and whip my whole body into you. And uh, when when my hands are three feet away, you're gonna react. Go. Yeah, no, it was a bit weird. And I mean, it did. Yeah, work. like dude actually hit the deck. So I'm like, all right, uh, dedication to physical uh, physical acting. I like it. It works. It's just mm. there had to be some violence in the movie, I guess, with there being a wrestler. I guess, yeah. yeah. I mean, he kept threatening it. And then, of course, Bender's like, ah, buddy, please don't, because I would just kill you yeah. if this came really to shove. And he's like, yeah, really? And I was like, yeah, I have a knife. Fuck you. I'm yeah. Like, okay. So that's inaccurate, because yeah. I don't I don't care how good a wrestler you are. If dude's got a knife, you, you don't get into that fight if you can help yeah. it. And you, that guy needs one lucky shot and you're dead mm. today. And that is also Judd Nelson's knife. Oh, really? Yep, this is actual knife. Well, it's Allison's knife now. <laughs> Yoink. But it's it was actually his knife in real life. Nice. Which is creepy in many ways. Uh, well, I don't know. I carry like a Swiss Army knife, but carrying a switchblade is a little... Mm, yeah, Swiss sure. Army knife, fine. Switchblade, nah. <laughs> it's not multi-purpose. Nah, a little... It has one purpose. Maybe he's seen too many movies. Yeah. Well, apparently he carried it for protection in Hollywood. Because back in the 80s, apparently, it was a much more dangerous place. Glad you never needed to use it. Yeah. So uh, the, the line that confused me a bit at the end of this was when he when Bender goes, I'm trying to help. And then it quickly cuts away. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa what was that? He's trying He's trying to help. Is he really, though? I, I, I mean, try harder, maybe. Because... That wasn't really helping. <laughs> that wasn't really helping. Yeah. Cue the janitor, Carl, who is here to empty the trash. Oh god, that Jonathan. He's so good. Like he's just—he's weird. He's also the, he the picture is. at the very yes, start of the movie. Yes, and Bender is now pointedly rude yep. to the janitor, which is a bad idea. Yep, I've always found that you'd be nice to the people who clean up the space that you're in. But also, janitors in particular—the dude's right. Like janitors kind of are everywhere, and nobody pays attention to them, and nobody's guarded around the janitor, so they hear shit, and they see yeah. shit, and they understand what's around them. They're, they're not dumb people. They're smart people who clean stuff for a living, right? So, like, that's just a job that you can do, but Bender is like, hey, uh, well, Andrew here would like to get into the custodial arts. So, look, first of all, yeah. implying that people who do work like that are lesser than you, that's fucking rich coming from you, Bender. And it's hypocritical of him, given his stance yeah, later just... on in reaction to someone else. But again, they're like 16 or 17. They're going to be hypocrites and not understand that they are hypocrites. It's teenage shit. 
all of the stuff that I'm angry about is legitimate teenage shit that is realistic and could happen and I've seen happen. Yeah. I mean, two of them were still teenagers, so it works. <laughs> the the writers, the directors, everybody seems to have inherently understood yeah. the experience of being a teenager at this period. Granted, I was not a teenager in the 80s, but like I was a teenager in the early 2000s no. and everything I'm seeing is like, that's very familiar. Yeah. Which is weird, because this movie was written in something like two days. I believe it. The actual screenplay was written in, like, two days. I mean, it's all dialogue, and not a lot happens. Yeah. Like, let's, what are the story beats so far as we've been discussing it for an hour and 16 minutes? Uh, so, beat one, everyone shows up to the school and meets uh, Beat two, everybody meets each other. Yes. Beat three, uh, Vernon has an interaction with Bender. Which is always fun. And then they're just at the library. Yeah. And then they go home. It was... So, like, there's four story beats. Yeah. I don't... <laughs> there is there is no plot to this, because it's not about plot, it's not about things happening, it's about people being. Exactly. I guess. It's, is that it's, fair? Yeah, It's. I think it's meant to be kind of attempting to show how teenagers see school i guess as well like you go in you do lessons and you come out that's kind of it for the day it's like your parents go what do you do today eh, nothing i came home <laughs> it's, it's kind of your day-to-day -day run i suppose that's true too just the capturing the feeling of nothing has happened today of school and they don't so uh yeah. they're at lunchtime lunchtime Lunchtime? Lunchtime. Food. What is this whistling song? Oh, it's um, the tune- like I'm missing a reference to something. I know I'm missing a reference to something. The Great Escape. Is it The Great I Escape? I believe it's The Great Escape when they're digging a tunnel out. It's an escape movie, at the very least, where they're digging a tunnel out and they're whistling that tune. It's also, which I believe is actually the tune for Hitler has only got one ball. Uh oh, okay. <laughs> Tasteful. Okay, but it's like an escape war movie thing. Yeah, it's, it was also, it's been used in a lot of stuff where people are doing boring things. Like, it's been used in Friends, uh, it's been used in this, it's Grace Escape, there's like, it's been used in a lot of things, it's kind of like, um, the sort of thing you'd expect miners in a Disney movie <laughs> to be whistling, if that makes this sense. Is a, this is a song about schlepping. Yes, essentially. You either schlep stuff over somewhere, and this is a song you sing about, like, alright, fine. Yeah. So if I'm if I'm thinking more sort of our period of pop culture, uh, this is the equivalent of saying zug zug. Yeah, essentially. Got it. Uh, Jockman is like a racehorse. That's about how involved in his own life he is. Oh yeah, and the ridiculous amount of foods. Hey, uh, Mufi. Yeah. Mufi, what what what's your poison? That's vodka. When do you drink vodka? All damn day. It's not a enough lot? vodka. In oh, a lot of vodka. So much vodka. Also, that is the first time she speaks. She has a squeak earlier, but that's it's the not... first like words that she speaks. It's, it's the first right. dialogue she speaks. It's it's not the first noise she makes. True. So, uh, hey, Mufi. Yeah. Mufi, wanna wanna see a picture of a guy with elephantitis of the nuts? It's pretty tasty. I mean, I'm down. But... How do you think he rides a bike? painfully i like bender's idea of 
he could drive so long as the he can put him in the passenger seat. But that makes you wonder how long the sacks are. <laughs> like, how much stretch is there going on there? I'm imagining we're talking like a, like a South Park kind of thing. Oh, yeah, I suppose. So, yeah, it'd be fine. Where he uses it as like a beanbag chair. <laughs> so, slang check. Uh, cherry means virgin, I guess? Yeah. Okay, so Brian here is a cherry, but doesn't... Oh, it's in Pop Your Cherry. Got it. That took me far too long to get together in my brain. So Brian here is a cherry, but doesn't want people to think that he is one, so he starts to lie. Badly. About ladies in Niagara Falls. It's in Canada. Is this the source of the Canadian girlfriend trope? (gasps) I really hope it is. Because if it isn't, then okay. But if it is, then I'm like, okay, so I'm starting to see links to all kinds of stuff and it's kind of interesting just... but like I, this is where i get a little disconnected like I, I get it if somebody's saying you're a virgin as an insult then the immediate teenage response is a defensive no i'm not yeah. like you're this no i'm not fuck you and then it's like wait you're not who have you slept with oh shit i have to all right i was just telling you to go away but i used the wrong words to do that because i'm 16 years old and embarrassed but like, I, it, this is, is this just a weird movie trope where it's like, I'm 14 and therefore I am embarrassed that I've never had sex before. No, you shouldn't have had sex at 13. Sorry. That's good. Yeah. I think you are living a normally progressing life. That's fine. I think canonically they are about 16 in this, which if you're in the UK, you're like, ah, 16. I guess 16 oh, is like, yeah, it's, it's legal. Yeah, it's here. on the younger end of what would be acceptable here, I guess. Um, Well, it's legal. But um, in America, it's obviously, depending on the state. Yeah, it's one of those ones. It's a trope that's played up in a lot of teenage movies. Was that a thing in your experience? Because it wasn't a thing in my experience. Well, asking people if they were Like the virgin thing. Like, hey, you a virgin? Like, I I don't get that. Not until, literally not until my final year of high school. And only then because... I, I, I suspect a lot of people I went to high school were sleeping with older men at a very young age. Um, that's how it feels. Uh, no, it wasn't until, it was literally not until high school, uh, like the last year thereof, that it was really So a end thing. of A-levels, in other words? No, I was about 16. Cause oh, okay. The end of A-levels. So, it's six, so in your experience, it was pretty similarly, yeah, so like, was pretty similarly. people would accuse each other of being a virgin as a pejorative. But it was less of a... Uh, less of a kind of defensive type thing. It was like, oh, you're a virgin. Or accusing people of being a virgin that you know have been sleeping around and like, ha I know your truth. It's a bit, it was weird. I have to say, weird school. Yeah. Now then, actual lunch. Yes. Claire has sushi. Mm, I do love me some sushi. Which uh, I had to remind myself in current year that sushi was considered foreign and weird and wrong on some level until maybe like the early 2000s and also considered a luxury also considered a luxury but like people there were sitcom jokes about like ooh raw fish oh man the yeah. japanese are so weird that's gross which is i mean it makes sense if you've never had it before i personally quite like sushi i love it it's one of my favorite foods Good honestly foods. But I, I get the sort of foreignness of it, but it's still like, yeah, she's eating sushi. Oh, well, big deal. <laughs> would you not eat sushi? Like, it's, and I it, guess Bender wouldn't because Bender likes 
well, other people's food, but Apparently. we'll get there. And uh, Bender, where's your lunch? You're wearing it. <clears throat> so uh, does that mean he's going to eat her shorts now? Because previously he pointedly told the principal, eat my shorts, which I thought was a Bart Simpson reference. Turns out Bart Simpson is a this reference. Yep. It's I have gone through 35 years <laughs> without knowing that. That's amazing. Um, everything is a reference to something else. Everything. So not only did Simpsons do it, Simpsons didn't do it. Yep. Oh my god. So Jock here has uh, three sandwiches, a whole pack of cookies, a carton of milk, a banana, apple, and a large bag of chips. Oh, it makes me hungry. And they all look at it like, what the fuck? And cute girl there, Allison, has, well, she has a bologna sandwich, but she gets rid of the bologna, and now I guess she has a sugar and breakfast cereal jammed into some bread sandwich. Yep. Uh, I don't, apparently she didn't eat, the, the actress didn't eat all that much sugar. She was very healthy. And mm -hmm. so that, that meal gave her a sugar rush. Oh, no. <laughs> Imagine being on set, set and just going, <laughs> just feeling that need to move. Yeah, it, oh. yeah, it's a lot of energy to put into yourself very quickly. It's, uh, yeah, it's terrifying. Also, not a very nice looking sandwich. Have you ne have you ever put cereal into a sandwich? I put crisps into a sandwich. Yeah, because, uh, you know, peanut butter, yeah. put a little bit of Cap'n Crunch in there. Mm, Cap'n Crunch is not really a, a thing that I've ever had. Really? It's it's not a, U a UK phenomenon, predominantly. Oh, we're going to find you some Cap'n Crunch. Don't worry about it. <laughs> not sponsored by Captain Crunch. It's just a cereal I used to like and now find nauseatingly sweet. So uh Bender steals Brian's lunch. Yeah. After making fun of it. Poor Brian. And, and this is another one of these weird sort of temporal cultural disconnects. Brian is you here is made fun of because he appears to be from a loving and wholesome family. Yeah, but it doesn't all I mean it appears that way, but it also doesn't entirely feel that way from what you see of the interaction with the mother at the beginning of the movie i guess that's true but bender doesn't know that no. bender is just like here's my impression of your family and stands up and holds audience i guess with that, that that's what passage that's what passed for a joke in the 80s yeah. I guess. It, the decade that gave us the not joke that's a nice dress not oh you're a comedy of genius 1982 comedy genius I think the depressing thing is that is still a thing that people say oh my god has it survived yeah but it... you're telling me that relics exist yep it's mainly teenage <sighs> girls who i think have watched 80s movies and decided that they wanted to be like these 80s actresses and haven't quite realized how bad that was <laughs> oh no oh no please don't well, the 80s is coming back I really wish it wouldn't. I wish only the good bits of the <laughs> 80s were to come back. Like the sci-fi movies, yeah. Put Will Smith back on a sitcom. Yes. Except this time he's Uncle Will, and he has an unruly uh, Fortnite playing 12-year-old uh, nephew. Niece. I think niece would work better. Oh, niece could be good. Yeah, let's do niece. Hey, we've we've got an idea for a show here, Will. Yeah, because he knows how to deal with a smarmy teenage boy, but smarmy teenage girl... He was a smarmy teenage boy. It's a smarmy teenage girl. He ain't going to have nothing to do with it. He ain't going to know what he's doing. 
He so that puts him fish out of water. Oh my God! Please, Mr. Smith, if you're listening, please. first of all, thank you for listening, and we, we can you. find us on Twitter at one for Paul. <laughs> and also, please make that happen. It would be so fun. Just be so perfect. But you know what I mean? It's the sort of like, oh, you you raised by Mr. Rogers. Yeah, Mr. Rogers is a fucking legend, sir. Don't judge. I'll Mr. have Rogers. you know, he's not even a part of my cultural pop culture type stuff but i still know who he is and know that he was the epitome of wholesomeness is like he lived that way too and i well this is the weird thing because 19 i don't remember the 80s because i wasn't really there i do remember the 90s and like all of the shit we now currently call like edgelord bullshit Mm. was legitimately cool yeah right like we listened to we listened to nirvana and thought it was like oh man that's so fucking cool i love nirvana they're very good. I mean, they were a little bit the poser band because they were like made by a pop producer and they they <sighs> sort of got it to the radio in a way that would uh, anyway, whatever. Yeah. Like, and it was never grunge enough for the grunge purists is the real answer. Yeah. And I unfortunately was one of those oh, asshole music purists who was like, <laughs> Oh, if you don't like the particular type of music that I like, then we can't be friends. Oh. Well, I was definitely that guy. I hate me now. <laughs> I hate past me now. Past me is an asshole. I'd say, like, I think we'd have trouble, because I listen to some weird shit. <laughs> oh, I now listen to everything, and I appreciate music as a producer and as a maker of everything, and I've made a lot of the stuff that I used to hate and found that actually it's quite involved and quite beautiful in a lot of ways. Mm. But I'm still not super into, like, manufactured pop from 1994. No, I have to say that, I mean, I was I'm still, five, so... I'm still not going to sing Bye Bye Bye. Oh, I will. Right? <laughs> Oh, I mm, no, no, still not my thing. It's everyone's got a different thing. I think the part that they didn't get about uh, high school was like the specific fandoms that you had to be part of to be part of the gang. But they aren't around their own gangs, so I guess it wouldn't have been pertinent. But no, but at no point anybody says like, so who? What? What's your favorite band? No, it's not a thing that happens in this. It's like there's. Really, apart from like snippets and don't you forget about me, there's not really music mentioned. It isn't a music movie, no. which given the primacy of music in pop culture in the 1980s, it's a shock. really should have been more present. But I also get that if it was low budget, then maybe they just didn't have the license money yeah. to pay for this stuff. So or, I get it. In which makes not sense. a single conversation about like, you listen to that. Wow, right? You don't think Bender's got fucking opinions? Oh, Bender's got opinions. He is the, as you say, he's the edgelord who just sits in the corner going, oh, I like that band before it was cool. He's hipster. That's what it is. Like, he's, he would be be a hipster now. I think he'd be a hipster in present day. I think present day, he would be looking to feel that he is more authentic than other, oh God, he would be a hipster, you're right. (laughs) He would be that Yeah, guy. I found this really authentic little Thai place. It's uh, run yeah. by a dude who is from Thailand, and I feel like it's just better when they make the food. And I'm like, listen, fucker, <laughs> listen. A French chef can make a Thai dish just as well as a Thai chef, and a Thai chef can make a French dish just as well as a fucking French chef. They're both fucking very good. Yeah. Fuck you, I, right? I, like, <laughs> come on. Hey, don't get me wrong. If you want to be a hipster, be a hipster. Just don't rub it in my face. Like, you will get rudeness. It's just going to happen. Sorry. What like let's also be clear, I was a record producer in Shoreditch for a number yeah. of years. So like I am def I, I'm a I was upset when all the hipsters started wearing plaid and wearing <laughs> jeans and hiking boots, and I looked at what I was wearing and at my beard and going like, 
Those fuckers took my culture. Yeah. Fuck A. <laughs> they stole, they appropriated Canadian culture. Plaid shirt is my national dress, damn it. <laughs> These guys never even looked at a bear. No, look at the bear. I do wear a lot of plaid, though, so I can't really talk. I am slightly hipster. Uh <laughs> Uh, UK, uh, plaid's a Scottish thing. That's fine. Oh, this is a good point. No, you know, yeah, yeah, Scots blood. But you, know, you know what I mean, though. Yeah. It's like guys who are like, yeah. Well, I really just like the the sort of the the. This is my hipster voice. Evidently, <laughs> I haven't planned this. It's just sort of the way I'm talking. And, it's um, so good, though. You know, I'm just gonna have a matcha tea. I find uh, <laughs> I have this lovely um, man who owns a little independent place. I only shop at independent places, except for this MacBook, which used to be independent, so it sort of counts. <laughs> oh God, I hate this voice, but I will end up doing it again, won't I? You really will. <laughs> oh God, Mufi, what have I done? You've created hipster Paul. <laughs> oh. So the film acknowledges uh, that they are <laughs> so they sneak out of the library yep. together because, of course, they uh, do. Uh, uh, Mufi, why did they sneak out of the, out of the library? They Bender needs to go get something from his locker. Okay, Bender needs to. Okay, yep. Uh, why do the rest of them sneak out of the library? Yeah, that's I don't know. I just remember. I'll tell you. <laughs> I'll tell you my theory. If you don't have, if you have a theory, all I remember is it going from they're in the library to they're walking out of the library. I'm just, why? Oh no, they have a. Um, so I, I, my theory, my theory, and I'm going to stand by this is that the filmmakers wanted a Scooby Doo chase sequence in their <laughs> film, and they needed a way to make that happen in the plot. So they just Mary Jane'd their way in here yep. and like, why are we, uh, even Brian in the film, in the lines, acknowledges this by saying to Jockman, why are we doing this? We don't know. You know what? Great question, Brian. <laughs> no one knows. Nobody knows. And Jockman is just like, you ask that again, I'm going to kick the shit out of you. And I, like, I felt attacked as an audience member. Yeah. Like, okay, you're going to come to, m like, I had the same question as Brian, We all sir. have the same question. So. Like. I can't see it working. It's it's very weird, but they uh, they end up at his locker, which is the locker they pan down on in the opening scene of the movie. Yeah, I suppose so. Also, tick off another cliche teen movie trope. Ugh. Peer pressure causes poor decision making. Oh, that trope just gets me. Because a lot of them are there just because the rest of them are there. Yeah. Like, why is Andrew following... Uh, Andrew's jockey, McJockface. Yes. Uh, why is Andrew following anybody? Why is he following this guy that he openly dislikes? And he's already... Because... Because there needed to be a chase sequence, damn it! Yeah, you can't have an eighties movie without a chase sequence. Apparently, maybe. <sighs> yeah, so they're here to get Bender's weed. Yeah. It does bring some context I found to Carl the janitor's thing about like I know what's in your lockers. Yeah, I know what's in your and you're like oh, so that's why Bender oh Bender's eyes widened. It was like okay, yeah, so you've actually got shit on me. All right, I, I get you now. But of it's course, cool. he's like. Yeah, I know it's in your locker. I also don't care because why? Like, I'm paid to clean the fucking floor. Yeah. Chill out. <laughs> like, that's fine. I'm not paid enough to give a shit. I love people who love who think like that. Like, it's fine. Fuck it. And it's you know, this, this is my job. Just go. It's fine. But uh, yeah. But also, who are just cool about stuff and yeah. are not actively trying to wreck anybody's fun. Well, what's the point? I'll do anything. But I guess good. maybe attitudes toward weed were different in the '80s. 
slightly because they were coming I, th- I guess because they were just coming out of like the 70s with the hippie movement so it was at that point slightly less and then it went down and that's just kind of coming back up to a eh, Maybe. To i mean it. i'm from canada we recently legalized it entirely for all purposes so like it's per- like you you go to the airport now and they have like a bin where they say if you have any on you please understand that other countries are not like yeah. here you have to get you have to dump your weed so here's a specific garbage can for where weed. you can dump your yeah. weed thanks guys also you know you are it, you do come from possibly one of the politest countries in the world so oh thank you i've never met a rude canadian not once <laughs> oh that's because we call the uncouth ah they, they don't survive we throw them through the bears that explains why the bears are so well fed and polite <laughs> oh my god you win the oh my god i don't have any jokes funnier than that let's keep moving so i don't have to do anything that's that good because i won't uh anyway everybody approves of the weed especially claire who seems suddenly quite enthusiastic about the guy who's been borderline sexually harassing her all movie or maybe not even borderline sexually harassing i'd say it was definitely just sexually harassing that's the sort of shit you get fired for in most workplaces. Like, he's crossed some lines. Oh, yeah. So fortunately, Bender knows how to cause a distraction because they found themselves at a closed gate because they listened to Andrew's instructions instead of Bender's, again, for some reason. Also, Bender's pretty good at basketball. I would, yeah, I mean, I would personally trust Bender's opinion on how to escape. I mean, who's escaped more things? Yeah. Right? But that does then lead to the, uh, this between the, what's it, between the locked gate and him running off and doing that, there is this, the, uh, chasing, the very funny chasing. <laughs> I guess I, I didn't find it that funny. I was just like, all right, this is there, happening. But there were just some bits that I found really funny, like Alison just leaning against the locker while they all screech across and she's like, again, yeah, it's cool. a Scooby-Doo chase sequence. It is. And I love it. Um... Yeah, I thought it was. I I liked it. I did like the very strange level of redemption that you get for Bender to a point in the fact that he goes, "Look, you guys go," because he knows that really there's only so much. Yeah, this guy he's to like, do to "I'm going to gonna get caught, but I live here anyway." Fuck yeah. it. Yeah, it's a very odd redemption. So, speaking of which, cue more of Vernon's casual harassment. Yeah. And uh, now, I'm will I'm going to call this legitimately criminal. As he corners and physically threatens this teenager. Yep. In a cupboard. Because he forces him to go into a jan- into a cupboard. To lock him up I so he doesn't I cannot get express how much I'm done with this asshole. Oh yeah. Everyone, it, it, it's... It's fucked up, man. Like, he's one of the worst... He, you know, principles are written, generally, in these sorts of movies to be horrible assholes Because... Just completely you know, 100% unsympathetic. But they do have, like, most of them do have a level of humanity that they will step, you know, that there's a level they will get to. This guy just doesn't have that. This guy's just a great age. Yeah, good. He can have all the humanity he wants in prison. Yeah. But, like, Bender escapes the locked room yeah. via the ceiling. Starts telling a joke. Yeah. Doesn't have, a, doesn't have a punchline. Do you know what the punchline? There isn't one. There isn't no. one? He just starts saying shit about a naked lady with, yep. uh, what is it, a cucumber and a dog? Yep, he ad-libbed that line. Oh. So there is no... They originally had a joke to go into it, but they couldn't come up with a punchline, and he ended up just ad-libbing it. 
And then they were like, but what's the punchline? It's fine. Just have me fall through the ceiling yep. before that, because he falls through the ceiling, causing a ruckus. Yes. That's a heavy, that, that was a massive, if anybody went in and they went, no, nothing's wrong. I wouldn't believe them. Nor does Vernon. But somehow lets it go. But of course, Buddy here, having successfully hidden from Vernon, d decides to hide in a very... Questionable. <laughs> Mufi, I, I, I think I've done it. I've located the part of the VHS that would be the most worn out when returned to the video store. Yes. That shot. And this was a... Yeah. <laughs> so they just... This wasn't like a couple of frames of a panty shot. No. This was a full-on, like, look, look at the panties. Look at the crotch of this girl. There was a Look at the crotch zoom. of this 16-year-old girl. And I'm desperately hoping this was done with special effects. Or someone else. Um... I'm not comfortable there was a slight looking zoom. at this if it's that, right? I'm not going mad. There was a slight zoom to it, wasn't there? Like, it just very, very, very slight. Oh, there was a zoom um, to it. What? Like, that just creates me out. And I get Bender's perspective. Yeah. Fine. I get showing that he's a creep. Bingo. How it's written. You don't need that shot in here. It's that a bit was, gratuitous. Like, but again, 1980s. Yeah. And, you know, as much as we're saying, like, one of the few without a boob shot. And I'm like, uh-huh. It's got right, the panty yeah, shot. And that makes it better, yeah, does it? Yeah, no. mm -hmm. it's, I mean, it's rare that it's a movie without a boob shot because they're not a very common thing to have in the 80s films because apparently tits were just a thing that everybody wanted to see on the big screen. No, wait. I mean, I feel like there's still a thing they that really a lot are. of people want to see <laughs> on the big screen. I mean, I liked it. So. I mean, I also, I think, this is actually pretty gratuitous in a way that, like, the, the opening scenes of Game of Thrones are not. Yeah. Like, and that's saying something, the fact that we'll say that the opening scenes of Game of Thrones are not kind of that way, which is disturbing. <laughs> They're not gratuitous in Game of Thrones. Like, there's a reason yeah. tonally to do it. In this movie, you could achieve the same tone without doing this. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, look. You'd think, but uh, apparently uh, it was it was a weird one. I'm not sure how I feel about the casting shot on that one. I have to say, it does bother me quite a lot. It, it bothers me. But also, I know that if you're 16-year-old in 1984 and you've got this on VHS, that's the part that's going to get paused a lot. Yeah. But So I think they understood their audience rather well. Disturbingly so. So now obligatory teen movie trope number three, where maybe, maybe let's all smoke some weed. Which I, to be honest, I kind of like that scene. It's a good scene because it's funny. You've got the dancing. Brian is kind of the best. You've got all of you learn a lot about the characters, which is weird because that was all ad libbed. That scene is improvised. Well, that's a testament to the actors then. Yeah, they really were able to internalize these people, which was great, and I, I did, I did really enjoy it. It was just a bit kind of. It that felt slightly tropey on the stoner front, if that makes sense. Yeah, a little bit. And uh, hey, uh, Mufi, yeah, you, you ever known anyone to get so high that they did cartwheels and vaulted over bookshelves? Because dude is so high, he does that, yeah. and then screams so loud that he shatters a window. Yeah, I I was looking at that. Vernon does not hear this. How he doesn't hear this isn't no. Oh, he's in the he's basement. In the basement. That's That's why. Why. He's just in the basement. But I've never met a stoner who. Gets a bit stoned, and then does cartwheels and vaults over things and does gymnastics. I'm starting to think he wasn't smoking weed. No, he was smoking oregano. <laughs> do, 
is this a known effect of oregano? <laughs> Do you know what? I'm, I'm which is how it's pronounced. Thank you. Okay, okay, it's oregano. <laughs> or oregano. Oregano. <laughs> oregano. Anyway, um, uh, well, apparently it is. Uh, apparently, in actors, this is a known side effect of smoking. It is that you suddenly get really energized and have to vault over things. Huh. I did not know that. It's uh, well, uh, Vernon's in the basement though, and he's looking through the confidential files uh, on somebody because he remarks something like, oh, "History of mild mental health disorders." No wonder he's so fucked up. So he could mean either Bender or Andrew or or um uh, the, 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 the other the, one, Brian. Yep. Yeah. But I don't know which one he means. No, I'm not sure. But do we don't either, because Carl walks in and goes like, "Hey, yeah, what are you doing? What are you doing there, bud?" Just, just nosying through these confidential files. I suspect this is the confidential files, eh? I'm suspecting that the guy whose file he was looking at wasn't actually one of the current pupils, because sensibly you wouldn't keep the current pupils' files in the basement. Yeah, maybe I don't know. It's possible. I, I suspect it was like a past student. But like, also, he's the principal. Why would the files about a student be off limits to him? Yeah, might be the the psych files. I don't know. It's it's. It didn't entirely make sense to me at the time. But uh, anyway, in trope land, in movie land, it's like he's not supposed to be in there and Carl catches him and he blackmails him for 50 bucks. Yeah. Which is weird. And then uh, the teens start going through each other's bags. Yeah. Again, I find that very strange. Like Bender brushes his teeth with a makeup brush. Yep. Claire has no problem with this. I would be very bothered if somebody used my makeup brush to brush their teeth. Personally. Allison says, like, hey, you want to see what's in my bag? And uh, in sync, everyone just sort of goes, no. Yep. Rude. Understandable, but rude. Yep. You uh, you find out why Brian has a fake ID. And it's not, as you would expect, to be buying beer. So he can vote. Oh, I expected it was because he wanted to vote. See, I didn't. Because my brain goes to well, Why else would you have a fake ID? Booze. Oh, yeah. That thing that we all like to drink. <laughs> That's true. Many people enjoy drinking that stuff. I, yep. I'm... So it turns out the cute girl Allison is essentially like she's carrying around with her a go bag. Like at any moment she could just bug out. Which is weird. Well, she's got like socks and underwear and hygiene supplies yeah. and random useful items. It also explains why she's been picking up stuff like Bender's knife and the combination lock from the locker yeah. and she's... bits and pieces here and there. Because, you know... If you... If you are going to put together a go bag, you need some useful items in there. But it really says something about her home life being unsatisfying. Yeah, it does make you wonder what is actually going on at home, because you don't really learn that much from that character. I think we get enough of an image. And, like, her plan is, I could run away. I don't. I wouldn't have to run away to the city. No. I could run away to the ocean. But there's, you know, there's clearly an extra backstory, which unfortunately you never get to see. Makes me a bit sad. I could run away to Israel. Yeah, that's a weird one. Nothing happening bad in Israel in the in the 80s, <laughs> right? Nothing at all. Not just... Might be a bit dangerous, actually. You're right. How about Afghanistan? Oh, yeah. No, that's totally clean. In, in the 80s. Oh, yeah. No, that's, that's the best place to go for a white woman. I think she realizes that as she says it. Yeah. It's... Again, great <laughs> acting here. And uh, <laughs> Brian is pretty perceptive because he correctly goes like... I don't think when she says unsatisfying, she just means 
it's not very fun. Mm. I think she means something worse than that. So sportsman decides to approach her and be like, hey, no, come on. There's something going yeah. on. What's up? Uh, Is it real bad? It's real bad. And they ignore her, which sounds like abuse by negligence. Just a bit. It, it, I mean, the thing is, though, is if she has, because the character is written to have mental health issues, you don't know whether she's actually yeah. ignore, they're actually ignoring her or she's perceiving them as ignoring her. That's true. She is unreliable in her tellings of things. Like her narrative is quite an unreliable one in comparison to all the others. But when somebody asks you, like somebody asks this kind of kid, is it real bad? And they say, yes, it's real bad. Oh, yeah. Okay. So it's real bad. Somebody should look into this shit. You live in hope. So anyway, to, to his credit, sports guy doesn't try to like tell her how to fix the problem or anything. He just goes, yep. It is, it... Shit. So aside from his frequent violent outbursts, I guess he really does care. Yeah. That that redeems all of his previous behavior, right? Possibly. Cut to Vernon and Carl having a heart-to-heart. -heart. Vernon is of the opinion that every year the kids get more and more arrogant. Mufi, do you think that every year kids get more arrogant? I think more every year more teachers get more tired of their shit. <laughs> yeah, that's probably it. Carl thinks that same thing. It's it's not. It's definitely not. Like the kids get more arrogant. I mean, there is a level of arrogance that increases with the children, but I think that the teachers also their their resilience and their their willingness to put up with that is going down. Whereas the kids is seriously yeah. somebody get the boomer's bottle. <laughs> it's true. I do quite like that they humanize Vern here, though. Yeah, they give him something because like nobody gets into teaching because they don't care, right? No. And it's so. it's odd. He just pulls the whole don't care thing, but it might be his coping mechanism. There's a great line here specifically that I've written down about it. It's, uh, Carl, you think I give a rat's ass what these kids think of me? <laughs> yes, I do. He just goes, ah, shit. And they're sort of drinking beers in the basement. I'm like, all right. Uh. First off, why are you drinking beers in the basement while well, there are children upstairs that you're meant to be keeping an eye on? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's not very good at this. No, he's not very good at teaching or just being an adult. And one of my favorite lines in the film is Vernon's, actually, which surprised me because I was not expecting Vernon to say anything of any particular depth. But uh, now this is the thought that wakes me up in the middle of the night, that when I get older, these kids are going to take care of me. To which Carl responds, I wouldn't count on it. Mm. It's weird. That is a good line. So uh, cut to, I guess, a pivotal scene i don't know what it's pivoting from or to but the teens gather on the library floor to talk shit together mm. and it ends up being really deep and intense for a while it is and they eventually end up getting into why they're there which is weird yeah so like they all admit to being virgins and not virgins and shit yep. again i'm like i don't get the fucking virginity why thing. who cares what i don't get is why that's, why is this a thing yeah, it's a theme that runs through the movie and it's kind of creepy I don't get it. Like, I don't, maybe I just wasn't there in the eighties and I don't get that, which, mm. you know, I, not getting these kids is also part of the, part of the theming. And I totally get that. I am a 34 year old man watching a movie about teens from another time and going, I don't understand this at all. And yeah. also quite appreciating that's kind of the point. And I get that, but still, yeah, it's, it's an odd one. And I, it, it kind of, I mean, it is, the thing is, if it was just teenage boys, I'd kind of get it, because, like, no offence, from teenage boys, all you ever hear about is 
oh, I saw, I, I touched this girl on the boob or whatever from my experience with teenage boys. Anyway. I would be insulted by that, except for eight years I was a youth worker. Mm. And uh, yeah, that happens. Yeah. Those conversations happen. You know, if it was all males cast in this, I'd kind of get the virginity thing, but it's not. <laughs> it's it's they've they've got two women involved in this yeah there's a weird sort of competitiveness that happens with a bunch of teenage boys where they're gonna get together and be like yeah well i did this yeah well, i did this yeah well, i did that too did you really uh yes maybe uh i mean yes right is that, is that the good the answer thing? i don't under and it's like if you answer wrong you're not part of the group or something it's weird <laughs> that makes me glad that i was one of those nerds who was like you know what fuck all this i'm out you guys have fun being part of your group. I'm going to go do shit that I like to do. Yeah, which makes sense. I mean, it's 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 weird. It's a trope that should be disappeared, but hasn't yet, unfortunately. Yeah, I don't know if that's a trope no, so much as just like it happens so writers are going to notice it. Yeah, might be. But yeah, I see what you mean. Like the mix of girls in there does change the dynamic somewhat. Well, yeah. Because like when... When both, uh, not not both Andrew, but like when um, Bender starts just screaming his fucking head off at Claire, mm. that among guys would be like a challenge to be like, yeah, fuck you, yeah. fuck you. And then you're done with it. But like when you're doing that to a girl, it's different. Yeah. There was a whole I don't know if it should be different, but it kind of is the way things stand now. Depending on how it starts. Suppose so. When it's like sexually aggressive, though. Yeah, if it's sexually aggressive, then then no, it, it you shouldn't. Do you that see, what, like, how do, how do you find this line in these interactions, though? Because they make me uncomfortable, but I have always had like uncomfort, discomfort with that sort of hyper masculine aggression. It's it's always kind of. I'm not even going to call that hyper masculine. I'm just going to call that this guy's a dick. Yeah. With so that visualization of hyper masculine aggression i guess that's yeah i i do follow you yeah it's not necessarily what a man does and it, it in my experience with most of my male friends it's not what they do but it's it's a thing well man sure how about like a teenage boy is this did you i don't want to get too personal but like was the does this seem like something that could reasonably arise from your own experience or is this like yeah. a, a definitely a dude writing females in a movie uh, depressingly it could it, it it has been and not something i've experienced i've seen my friends experience um Oh, wow. But it is possible. It's, a, it's unfortunately a very possible thing to happen. So are we saying good job movie for understanding the experience of women, or? Uh, kind of good job for understanding it, but also at the same time, like, that that hit far too close to home. <laughs> you know, it, it might have... Yeah, I think we're both getting waves of occasional, like, throughout the yeah. movie for all kinds of reasons. We're going, oh, shit, that's, that reminds me of yeah. shit I really wish I weren't remembering right now. Stuff I've spent a long time trying to forget. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah. I think we're both getting those notes, and, like, the... I don't like this movie... But I like the fact yeah. that I don't like it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, the only reason I never sort of, if anybody's like, haven't seen The Breakfast Club and like, you have to watch it is because it has, if you haven't watched it in the sense of you're just watching it because it was a new movie and you're watching it as an adult for the first time, you're seeing a lot yeah. of themes and a lot of some, of some of them is a lot of stuff that comes that you see in yourself as a teenager. And it's it's uncomfortable, but it's, I think it is one of those sorts of uncomfortable movies that people should sometimes watch yeah well, i mean i'm getting maybe a real different 
experience of this than if I'd watched it when I was 21, yeah. right? Because at 21, I would have been like, oh, shit, that's super exactly who I am, I guess. And I might have been like, I'm such a that guy, though I always hated when people were saying that, like, oh, I'm such a Joey. And I'm like, no, you're not. You're a Fred. Fuck you. Yeah. Like, that's your name. You're a you. You are not a caricature of people who are like you, according to some writer in New York. Yeah. Shut up. Right? And you are now aware of, but, of how how weird it is. I guess so. But I mean, looking back, I'm like, okay, I see the value of the trope if it's an exploration of that particular aspect of being a teenager, yeah. which is sort of the way that I'm starting to interpret it. It's not a story about being that person. It's the story about going uh, about being in that emotional space that that character is occupying at that yeah. moment. And then 10 minutes later, completely different place emotionally. And that I do remember about being a teenager. Yeah. So it's one of these few teen movies I've ever seen that really captures the actual experience of being a teenager. Yeah, hormones. <laughs> Cinematography sidebar. Mm. Have you noticed just how wide open they shoot everything? Yeah. Like super wide everything, not wide angle, but like super open aperture, right? Everything's unbelievably blurry all the time. It's, kind of and a, it's like a stylistic choice. Yeah. I get that. And it does mean that a couple of these dolly shots around like Andrew as he's relaying his feelings about his father mm. and his home life and everything else. That's a difficult shot to nail. So good job, uh, Focus Puller, honestly. They managed it and it's impressive. Like it, 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 some of it is really, really good. It's just some of it's very weird. Uh, so why is everybody here? Should we go through them? Yes. So um, the jock is there because he taped another weaker kid's butt together using masking tape. Which is, on the face of it, kind of funny, but yeah. also horribly traumatic. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's just because he felt like he hadn't cut loose on anyone in high school like his domino, like his dad. He wanted to be a lot more like his dad, which is, frankly, a very weird way to go around it. But, you know, if you feel that you have to do that then fine i don't know if he wants to be like his dad i think he wants to do what his dad wants him to do which is creepy or what he perceives yeah. his dad believing is normal to sort of again be part of the group but the group in this sense being the family yeah. not the not the jocks at school right? yeah which is is just weird like and given that his dad's first his dad's only line i guess in the movie is look I screwed around in high school, I get it, but you got caught. Yeah. So, you know, his thing is not don't do it. It's just don't get it's caught. It's don't get caught. Which is disturbing. I guess they don't explore it enough to really no. have anything to dig into is the real answer. Which is annoying, because it could be an interesting one, but... It is, but I don't know if I want more movie. No. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, this is already at the, I think, the 70-minute mark. Or... We've been talking about it for two yeah. hours. And it's a 90-minute movie. It's amazing. We've been talking about this for 30 minutes longer than the movie is. <laughs> Mufi. I know. <laughs> so nearly at the end, yeah. though, home stretch. Very Let's home fucking stretch. bring this shit home, shall so, we? Because good monologue here, if a little bit dramatic yeah. from Andrew. And they're, they're playing, but they're playing teenagers. Yeah. So extra dramatic is about yeah. right. Like that's the correct tone. And then you get. Right? Yeah. Well, it's, it, it is. And is Bender showing empathy here because that's new yeah that was a weird one it's like your dad and my dad should go bowling yeah well given what we hear about his his fantastic uh domestic violence lifestyle we didn't we didn't go i'm kind of glad we didn't <laughs> because that that's... i'm kind of glad we didn't because the dude's got like a 
like a scar from a yeah. from a cigar burn on the inside of his uh, elbow there, and the, where yeah. that's the punishment he gets for spilling paint in the garage. It's it's fucked up. Like it's it's why he's he is the way he is. I guess that explains a lot. I'm not sure it excuses his behavior, it but it certainly explains it. No, it, it does explain a fair amount of it, but it doesn't excuse it at all. Um, but he does show up. And I mean, it. again, that's it, that's he's a teenager and there's trauma, and that's how teenagers will typically deal yeah. with trauma. And I'm, I get that. And I, there's no shade to anybody. None at all. We understand. I understand. But... It's it still doesn't give you the right to be shitty to other people. You no. still have to recognize your effect on other people just because people are shitty to you. Does not mean that you're shitty. Doesn't either. mean you get to do that to other people. Yeah. And yes, it's harder than just saying that. But you know, also maybe don't do what Brian did. Yeah, because he uh, just shoving a flare, flare gun in his locker to try and. Well, he the way he says it is, I brought a gun to yes. school, which is not. A gun. It was. It was a flat gun. It just he isn't clarifying. I mean, it is a gun. I'm, well, it is a gun. It is and it isn't. But it's not a. It fires a projectile. I mean, I feel like it's legitimately a gun. Yeah. But the whole lead up to it is, yeah. The reason I'm here is because I brought a gun to school. Because you know. Well, no, I, he tries uh, to cover it up. My options in the first place by saying he failed in shot class. Yeah. Oh, he yeah. did. Yeah. So uh, the reason he's suicidal is because he failed shop class because he couldn't get the fucking elephant to turn the light on. Uh, uh, frankly, that seems like a very... um, What's it? A very advanced thing for teenagers to be doing shop class. To wire a circuit? I mean, no, no. To make an elephant lamp. Specifically, an elephant lamp. And then wire it. And then put it all Depends together. how you do it. I mean, I suppose. I mean, isn't the reason he failed that the light didn't yeah. turn on? Yes, I mean that part is easy. You wire the fucking circuit. Yeah. I mean it doesn't even mean, matter. It doesn't even mean that the the circuit wasn't done right. It could literally have just been the bulb was broken. The lamp. Sorry for any of the. Well, we don't know enough about but, it, but yeah. like I'm going to trust that the shop teacher was able to understand what went wrong in this device and that it was f worthy. Yeah. Not just. But yeah, Brian does show a little. I, I like that nobody in this movie is made to be like the good guy. Yeah. Right. Like, even Brian, who so far has not had any real awful shit about him, is now looking down on, um, like, he's like, I thought shop would be easy. Bender, like, I take shop, what the fuck? Why do you think it would be easy? And it's not. Like, if you are, uh, what's the word? Uh... Uh, academically inclined? That's it. If you're academically inclined, it doesn't mean that you're going to be able to do the more physical stuff. Like, I've known very smart people who were getting, like, all A's in their tests, who were failing art and DT, which was our our shop class. Oh, I failed art because I didn't care about art. But they failed it because they couldn't understand it. Because academically, they get it. It's a very different way. As a guy who's now learning about art, who has been in technical fields for a long time, but also music, yeah. it's taken me a long time to real my education in art was horrifyingly bad because people would just like be like here's a painting look and i'd look at the painting and i'd be like okay that's a dude with an apple in front of his face and they'd be like no really look at it i'm like okay he's wearing a suit no really look at it okay like it's that's a nice tie he's wearing no paul you're missing the point okay the background is green (laughs) paul you're getting it wrong i'm like i don't know what the fuck you expect from me like i Give me a math equation. Yeah. Give me something that I can be right at and I can know whether or not I'm right before I hand in the fucking yeah. paper, please. Right? Now I'm starting to get it. I, I really am. But 
at the time, I was like, I don't know what the fuck you expect. That's from the thing. Me. If you don't understand the subject matter, if it's not something that you that you intrinsically get, you're always going to think mm. it's harder, or you're always going to think it's easier because, like, you know, shop class. If you're doing physics club and maths club and history club and all that stuff, your brain's going to go, "Well, this is just making a piece of wood look like another thing. That can't be that hard." It's it's. It's it's the way we kind of all look at it is if you're academically if you're not academically inclined and you don't do well academically at school, you're not smart. I've always thought that's bullshit. It was it's a big it is a thing with some people, especially with some parents. They think if your grades aren't high enough, you're not good enough. Yeah, God, this movie's bringing out some. <laughs> this is like fucking therapy, and like therapy, it's very uncomfortable. Yeah. And we're doing it to record. We're recording it for the whole internet to hear. Oh God. We are sorry if we have made you relive horrible high school memories through these, these tangents. Oh, God. At least we are, too. Yeah, you're not on your it's own. It's fine. Everything's fine. I'm going to go drink a beer later. Vodka. And not feel like, ha, I'm drinking a beer. Listen, it's, it, 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 it's, I suppose it's different. I suppose kids, without, like teenagers, are able to uh, identify with it much more without the cringe. Um, Brian brought a gun to school, so. Allison can write with her toes. Which is cool, but they never give you the opportunity to see that. You also find out that Alison actually, against everyone else in this whole thing who's who is here for a reason, mm. she's just bored. She has nothing else to do, so she came in. Oh, she doesn't have to be here. No, not at all. She just showed up. Which is is sad. This is a choice she made. Like, it's, it's simultaneously kind of amusing, but also kind of sad, because she came in because she didn't have any other, she didn't have anything else to do, so she was bored, so she thought, fuck it, I'll go to school. Yeah, but she also just went and like made friends, though. Also, weird of Vernon to give her the assignment as well. He should have kind of gone, why are you here? <laughs> Brian can make spaghetti. Yep. No, Everyone's good at something, right? <laughs> like, Andrew can inflict horrifying violence on people. And take skin off of kids. Poor child. Yep. And uh, Claire. Well, what she, can Claire do? She skipped school to go shopping. Oh, yeah. And uh, what's her talent? Oh, she can put lipstick on by holding it between her boobs and wiping uh. it on her lips, which actually she couldn't do. They just had to do some very clever camera shots. Oh, I see. So, Mufi, I need some perspective mm -hmm. here because I have neither lipstick nor breasts. Yeah, it's possible. How, is this hard to do? Like, how much of a challenge would this be? Um, well, it depends on the size of the boob. For me, not Let's very. Let's say for you specifically. <laughs> for me, not very. Not very difficult. It would not be very difficult well, no. for you to, like, strap some lipstick on in there. Paul, you've seen poke me. Poke it up and sort of <laughs> run your lips <laughs> there's, along there's the, enough. the pokey bit. There is enough to, to hold it up. I, I would be fine. I mean, I think it would have to be a slightly longer lipstick than the normal bullet ones, but... Like the little short bullet ones, uh, but no, personally, personally. So, as talents go, you're saying this is not this is not terribly impressive. I wouldn't say so, but she was showing three teenage boys in the eighties. Of course, it's going to be. They were impressed because that's they've just seen a girl grab her own tits and wipe her face against them. Yeah, <laughs> I'd be impressed. Except Bender isn't terribly impressed because Bender is impressed by nothing. Well, yeah, he he flux, flickers from uh, being of kind of nearly likable character to mate are you never going to be happy with anything it's big transition and then he starts just yelling at her yeah just out about daddy's money and all this sort of stuff and it's just horrible okay we we, we are very very close we're in the final stretch oh my stretch. god this is nearly the end guys <laughs> it's nearly the end because because as he starts getting told off by andrew he says like 
Well, yeah, you see, the problem is that I don't even count. I could disappear forever and it wouldn't make any difference. I may as well not even exist at this school, right? Yeah. It's like, yeah, you're both pricks now. Good. Fine. Yeah. And then they all turn around and they decide to ask Brian, bless his heart, yeah. to write the essay for all of them because it doesn't make sense that they all write it. This no, is... that would be silly. And this is what I would assume about a half an hour, 40 minutes before the end of detention. So they've asked him to write a thousand words. Essay. Oh, but he doesn't write a thousand words. Oh, no, he does not, because we get that. It's, it's what we're getting at the beginning of the movie. This is where one of the story beats happens, because there's a makeover? Yeah. They they make over Alison. Because? <laughs> uh, they have to do a... Is it Pretty Woman? I... They have to pull a Pretty Woman I don't on think it. I've seen that. I, I haven't. So Claire gives Alison a makeover. And uh, Alison comes out, and the wrestler kind of goes, Oh, hi. Humana. You know, I think it's less humana humana, and like at least Brian is sort of like, wow, she's super pretty. Yeah. And as she looks at him, she sort of goes, "Thank you." <laughs> yeah, I'm like, that's actually sweet because that's just like a, I I saw your honest reaction, and thank you for thinking that I'm pretty, yeah. and uh, that's that's great. But uh, well, so wrestler guy is, is speechless at least. Oh, he's he's so speechless that romantic music starts playing as he <laughs> approaches her. And then as Claire joins Bender in the storage room where Vernon cornered him earlier, I guess after they yelled and screamed at each other and said they hate each other, they're now super into each other. Yeah. Like, it's kind of creepy. <laughs> it, it's it's a very odd transition. Like, I don't... I Is that just them doing the every ten minutes, the teenagers change emotions, waka waka? I, is that what that's happening? I'm really hoping that's what's happening rather than bad writing. <laughs> oh, it might be both. Oh, it's, this is unfortunate. It might well be both. I mean, I thought Allison was pretty before, personally. Yeah. But, alright. It, it, she was cute. I liked the creepy... The, the slightly creepy goth look. I like it. I, I like the black shit in her eyes. Yes. I'll go on record as saying that. It was cute. It was. She's cute. Yeah. She's great. I've called her cute girl the whole time because I'm like, I, she's, she's great. It, it clearly shows that we have a taste for slightly creepy women. I suppose that's true, yes. <laughs> I've got no problem with this. It's true. Um, so they all, so after all of this yeah. happens, they all start leaving the school. Yep. And Brian just gets into his mum's car and heads out. Because, you know, that's what you do. Uh, wrestler and... Creepy, cute girl. Andrew and Allison. To have a kiss in front of the van. They do. Who, the dad, there's no sort of, because this is, this is in front of the dad's car, like the dad is there. The dad doesn't even make any reaction to, why Which have you in come- this case, I'm also like, if the point is that her parents ignore her, yeah. then I get that one. Yeah. But no one really seems to make a comment or kind of go, what happened to your clothes? It's like. Yeah. Uh, where's then, your, where's your sweater, dear? Yeah. And. But yeah, they kiss having established zero chemistry prior to the makeover. Uh, literally none. It was beautiful. It was it was very strange. Also very teenage. So, you know. I Maybe, yeah, a little yeah. bit. I like your clothes. Therefore, let's go. Yeah. Bit mm, weird. And then, uh, <laughs> unsurprisingly, Claire and Bender. Claire and Bender. She gives him a diamond earring. She does. This is not a sexual euphemism. It is literally he gives her, she gives him a diamond earring. And then kisses in front of the father's car. I... I'm very glad that I don't know what a diamond earring would be a euphemism for. Please do not correct that. (laughs) 
Oh, no, 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 I'm not doing it. I want to, but I'm not going to do it. So they kiss. In front of the father's car. Having moments earlier been screaming at each other. Again, I just, like, that was not a small thing. No. That was like somebody was about to punch someone. And also, they've done this in front of her. Her father's in the car picking her up, isn't he? Yeah. It's her father. If that was my child. He's an involved father. Like, my, he would have a comment. I would have just, if I'd literally kind of come to pick my child up out from detention. And seen her kissing this random strange dude who's looks like he's probably about should be should not be in the school anymore. And going, What the fuck? I'd have gone out the car going, Hi. Hi, you. And made a very kind of clear point about it. But I mean I suppose you say he's involved. He's not that involved. Because she did earlier on in the movie go, you know, if your parents split up, where would you go live? And she went, I suppose my brother. I guess that is true, yeah. She's but he does seem more caring than the other parents. <laughs> I don't know if he se- he seems more permissive. I don't think like Brian's mom clearly cares about him in the sense of she cares about his success. Otherwise, she would not try yeah. to push him quite so hard. You don't do that to people you don't care no, about. This right? is true. Um. But yeah, I think there's a point at which is like particular. They say it in the movie. They establish like. So you say that your uh, parents hate each other? Yeah. Mm. Wouldn't I be outstanding in that respect? And that's the way that they say things yeah. before, I guess, making out in the cupboard? It Maybe. I'm assuming that's what they did. She didn't yeah. look at all ruffled, so... I guess maybe they don't, but they might just make out a little bit. Maybe. I mean, they, they, they clearly it's, don't have a problem know. with PDA, so... Yeah, in front of their parents. <laughs> and uh, so she gets taken away. He's yeah. got a new diamond earring. He does. Uh, that's actually pretty field. sweet. Yeah, it is. But I did realise, I think they reshot some scenes because he has that earring in, uh, there is a scene earlier on in the movie where he has that earring in. You found a continuity error? I did. Mufi, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of myself. Uh, I think, anyway, either that or my brain is, is playing, is playing silly burgers. Oh, but, I trust um, you. I believe you. So that then leads to Nobody look walking... into that. This is a win for Mufi. Nobody look into it and tell us on Twitter, <laughs> at uh, one for Paul on Twitter. Don't do that. Do it. I like being proven wrong. It gives me power. Um, that got weird. Um, no, that's but then, why we uh, have you on the one for Paul program. I, I, I question why. Um, and it then leads to him walking off across the field into the iconic fist in the air. Yeah. To uh, don't you forget about me? Yeah. By simple and, uh, Just before that, in voiceover, you got Brian saying the same lines that he said at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Signed, Sincerely Yours, The Breakfast Club, indicating to me that, like, they had that whole conversation about, we're always going to be friends. Yeah. Right? Which and they did. And half of them are like, no, definitely not. Sorry, <laughs> yeah. my friends would not be your friends, so that means I may not be yours. These are yeah. the rules. The but still, somehow right. they are. Like, they, I mean, that, that is a thing in high school, I guess. There's cliques, but... It's, uh, it wasn't a I thing just... in my high school, maybe? There were sort of like crowds of people, but it wasn't around like, these are the people who play sports. No, ours wasn't so much. Ours was just like people who hung out with each other. It was weird. Yeah, but like if somebody were to invite a new person to hang out with that group, they'd be like, oh, hey. Yeah. And then if they showed themselves to be weirdos or something, we'd be like, cool, maybe don't come back later. It's, but, it's like, definitely more uh, US tropey, I think, maybe it's than anything US. else. Maybe Americans it's, are more sort of collectivist it. in their thinking. Could you? you reckon? Yes, I do. Sorry, my mm. cats were yelling. Oh. <laughs> I didn't know if you could hear it on the recording. I'm like, shut the fuck up. Uh, no, I couldn't. So oh, that's well, my fine. surprise. You have cats? 
I have felines. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. We got uh, Brian reading the whole thing. Uh, my my read on this is they're all expecting to be back next Saturday and hang out then, right? Like yeah. They're a new you- group called the Breakfast Club, and they're gonna get in trouble on purpose, or just show. I guess you could just show up to detention. Apparently, you can just show up. I guess they just they're cool with that. That's and what I will show up and open the gates for you because, like, you can force the principal to come in on a Saturday. Yeah, that would be you. a kick in the teeth. Hey, uh, I'm going to keep you here on Saturday, sir. You think you're trapped in here? Uh, you think I'm trapped in here with you? Uh-uh. You're trapped in here with me. Right. Which is just such another ridiculously trophy line. But, yeah. It is, but it's also from The Watchmen, so I can't hate yeah. on it. No, you can't hate on Watchmen. That's impossible. So that's the movie. Bender punches the air and the song plays. And everybody, I guess, has a no ending at all because only three things happened and it took us two and a half hours to tell you about it. <laughs> yeah. We are really sorry. Ask me questions about the movie. So, like, other than the fact that it was an incredibly uncomfortable delve into what could possibly have been childhood in the 80s. Ugh. What did you think? I, honestly, I didn't like it very much. First viewing, I was just like, this is really tiresome. There's some good moments, I guess, but I don't get it. Uh, I guess I'm just old or something, and it made me feel old. And then the second time I watched it, because again, the show, I watch it once to just yeah. watch it, and the second time to write jokes, I still I, didn't get uh, it. <laughs> I was bored a little bit. Yeah. I was watching it because it's my job to watch this movie at this point. I'm like, all right. I, I, if I had had the chance to, if I had had the opportunity to turn it off and this weren't a movie that you were like, it, I don't like it. I don't like it very much. Not my movie. No. And that's the thing, like, I, as I say, it makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, the but aside from that, cult. like, I get that it's well made, but like, if I'm comparing it to another sort of similarly single location, low budget thing with relative mm. unknowns, if I'm going like to Clerks, I fucking yeah. loved Clerks because things happen in Clerks. Yeah. Right? Events occur. This one, the only events that occur is they talk and then they run around the school once and like, what we have learned from this movie is Paul does not like 80s shitty movies. In fact, I don't blame him. Uh, mm, not sure about that. Not sure about that. I really liked uh, the the first one for Paul that we ever did was uh, Big Trouble in Little China. I really oh. fucking liked that. Oh, okay, fine. I like Just this 80s movie. shitty movies. I don't like this 80s shitty movie because nothing yeah. happens. Right? I think that's what I'm learning about my own preferences is nothing yeah. happens. And, and I'm, in a I'm while... Happy. Like, filming-wise, the fact that it was all filmed sequentially and in the same space was great. It it does lead to a kind of a visually not-that-attractive film. They do well with what they've got, right? They use yeah. the location well. They choose shots that are well-composed. They arrange the actors and block them well. But it, it does feel a little stage show, doesn't it? Just a bit. It happens. Yeah. I don't know. I, I didn't like any of the characters. I didn't feel myself connecting to anyone. I felt like the movie wanted me to really start associating with Bender. Like, oh, yeah, he was a dick earlier, but you should really like him because he's misunderstood. And I'm like, no, fuck Bender. Doesn't work that way. He can bite my shiny metal ass. Yeah, doesn't work that way at all. Just took me uh, two hours, 32 minutes and 35 seconds to to avoid uh, making that joke. I'm impressed. There have been a few times where I've wanted to make that joke. Yeah. So is this a movie that like means a lot to you? Because I feel bad if I've just shit on one of your favorites. No, it's it's more of a movie that I've. 
it took me a while to watch. And I only watched it because I watched something else that referenced it. And I was like, I probably should watch this. Oh, so you also watched it like outside of your own teens? Yes. I I was 28. Um, Yeah, I think I watched it. I was about maybe 27, 28. And I think the first time around I enjoyed it, but because I hadn't, it was, you know, it was that first watching. And at the time I was like, ah, it's, it's referencing, there's reference where all these references came from. And I've watched it a few more times and I'm like, I feel less and less comfortable with this film. <laughs> it's it's weird. I don't know. The whole tone was uncomfortable to me. And yeah, I, I, again, I'm impressed by just how accurately they got the feeling of being a teenager. Yeah. But I have pushed those memories so far into the back of my head, we very try. much on purpose, <laughs> because oh, yeah. I do not need to go back there. So for a movie to bring me back there was both kind of like insightful, but also like, oh shit, really? Yeah. It's like we are both, what, 14 years at least out of high school? Oh, uh, wow. Yeah, something like that. Oh, that's a long time. <laughs> that's a long time. 15. Yeah, 16. that's yeah, how many more years. Than 15. Um, you know, we, we are so far out of it that we don't quite, I guess we don't really fully identify with it anymore. Like, we're not even within the, the remit. I guess I'm no longer a teen, and yeah. thank fuck for that, because if I continued to be like these guys, I'm not sure I, I, anybody would want to be friends with me. Oh, nobody would want to be friends with me if I was anything like that. Like... <laughs> Maybe if you it's were just... like Allison. Maybe. But then again, I am kind of like Allison in a weird way. <laughs> Are you? I don't know. I'm a bit weird. You're more of a movie. Yeah, definitely more of a Well, definitely a movie. There's one and only. Just me. Anyway, I think that's uh, I think that's the episode. Yeah, I think we've uh, we've got on there. Thank you for joining me on this episode of One for Paul, Mufi. It's uh, lovely to have you back. I hope you'll join us on future episodes. Oh yeah, totally. Maybe I'll try to make them shorter next time. <laughs> because fuck, this has been. <laughs> I don't know how long the edit's going to be, but the recording is now two hours and thirty minutes, thirty-five minutes. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, this is um a long, long episode. <laughs> I feel just about as tired making this episode as I did watching the movie. So we're going to wow. stop now. Thank you for following One for Paul. You can follow us on Twitter at One for Paul. And, uh, Mufi, do you have anything to plug? No, not at the moment. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, when you do, I can throw it into those episodes when you do. Cool. Thank you. Later, all. Bye. I'll do that, but it's going to be full of dragons. Oh my god, this changes everything.